podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. No, I think Rosado is a good boy. Rosado is a good boy. I've become a massive international superstar, it's as simple as that. I eat your ass on a lot, you bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glossed me. Hey, he glossed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Bridge. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black team the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at the fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Boss Branker, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy I'm the PC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. He's got my Dino Rybo nucleic acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who next? I love boxing sound. It's as simple as that. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 433rd edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Matty DiGelanardo and Andy Patterson going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Uh, you might be listening to us during the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you are, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of July. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Let's check in on the boys first of all. Not the chat, we'll get to you shortly, don't worry. Let's see if the lads are okay. First of all, Matty, how are you, sir? Keeping well? Yeah, I'm better now that I'm back in Colorado, Steve, where we can freely use all sorts of different intoxicants and uh, not have to go through funky manners. Did, did you guys know that in the state of Utah, you have to go to a government-run liquor store in order to purchase alcohol? Otherwise, you have to be at a restaurant that has like a ridiculously expensive liquor license, which limits it to like chain restaurants and things like that, unless you just want to go and drink beer. So I had to go and pay for an overpriced steak just to be able to get an old fashioned. And it wasn't even a good old fashioned. It was it was barely passable, barely passable. Uh, yeah, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, very disappointed in, in your uh, your your bartending abilities. So. Walk over to 7-Eleven knowing, you know, I'm going to need, you know, something around. And their beer selection was fucking awful. I ended up walking out of there with black cherry Bud Light seltzer, Steve. What? And then, yeah. 
And then, so the good news is that I actually had some friends who had some some smokable stuff there. So I'm like, ah, cool. That, that's more my game. So I just put that in my freaking suitcase and I headed on down the road. Little did I know, and thank God I didn't get pulled over or anything like that. It is not. It is illegal to bring alcohol into or out of Utah. So just by driving with a 12-pack of fucking shit-ass Bud Light seltzers in my suitcase, I was committing a crime when I came back to Colorado. So I'm glad to be here, but I will say Mormons are incredibly pleasant. I mean, seriously, if you've ever seen the movie Pleasantville, it's like when everything was still black and white. Fucking hell, that sounds like a great weekend to be Keep well then, Mattia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got a Bud Light seltzer next to you, Steve. I got to finish him sometime. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you how you are, Andy. Yeah, beat that. <laughs> yeah, I can't beat that, mate. My kitchen's still fucking waiting to get, get installed and finished and that, so I've got nothing else that can really kind of like lighten the mood a wee bit other than to say that, you know, it's cost my fucking fortune. Oh, good. The boys are keeping well. That's the main thing. Also doing well for himself is Joe Joyce, heavyweight extraordinaire. He's unbeaten in 13 fights now. Got a TKO6 over rugged road warrior, uh, African lion, as he described afterwards, Carlos Takam. Uh, the WBC silver heavyweight title, the WBO international heavyweight title and the Commonwealth title are property of Mr. Joyce. First things first, Andy. I must admit, I, I thought my initial reactions were that stop, stoppage was slightly early, but then after I was watching it back and forward, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know either way. And they were making their uh, claims, that, you know, Enzo Macronelli, Josh Taylor, all the boys, Ben Davidson, everyone was having their say. And then I kind of come to the conclusion the writing was on the wall. Gray probably was going to, he was going to get stopped as it was. So what do you think about the stoppage, basically? Do you think it was too early? Do you think it was okay? No, I thought it was okay, to be honest, mate. I thought he was, he wasn't really punching back and he gave Gray the, the you know, the option to stop him. Um, unless he really kind of threw him back. I know he was maybe trying to sway, maybe trying to kind of go under some punches, but he was, the end of him was near, I think. I mean, if it wasn't going to happen that round, I think it could have happened the, you know, either the round next or the round after that. I just think he would have taken more punishment. 40-year-old, and that. I, Plus, I'm happy as well because I got the prediction right. I said round six, now, so mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. But um, I mean, that's all you can say. Really, I think um, based off it as well, I, I think some of the criticism is a bit overboard because at the end of the day, that's that's what I keep saying it. Joyce is what he is. Suppose at the end of the day, the, the biggest criticism is he can't keep taking punches like that. It doesn't matter what age you are, heavyweight, or how good you think your chin is. At some point, against the big guys, the, you know, the top fighters, Wilder, Joshua. Even Fury to a point in that as well, he's got a, a decent dig about him. You, t- you tend to think that he's not going to eat too many of those punches, is he? Uh, as, as fights kind of gradually wear into the later half, I think. Um, I'm not saying that he was, you know, any way, shape, or form, you know, hurt or buzzed now, but I thought I seen a bit of a sigh in some of his breathing once he took some, some of these shots and the admitted post fight that, you know, Takam did catch me some heavy shots. So, um, there is that. He just kind of keep taking shots like that, and you know, people say he's slow, he's ponderous. That's always what he's been like. But um, I like to see a bit more movement. He needs to employ some sort of movement as he's going up, going up the levels. Um, it's going to be hard to try and kind of match him as, uh, for that as well. You know, trying to get world title fights because the belts are tied up, contract situations are such, and all that type of thing. So you're talking maybe another, what, another year. You know, they were talking last night basically that Josh was basically beat music already, wasn't he? Because um, mm-hmm. you know, after after the music fight, which is the mandatory, he's gonna be allowed a voluntary after that one. So how long does Joyce need to wait for his title title fight? Who knows? So um yeah, at the end of the day, listen, we said what it was last week and that it was an okay opponent, I thought, for Joyce. Um did what he did, you know, won the fight, knocked the guy out, stopped him. 
uh, whatever way you want to put it. I thought, as I say, the stoppage was fair. Um, it was only going to go one way after that, and uh, you know, fair play to him. So I suppose so. I think the quick attack yeah. on credit as well, as well for, yeah. for, for the way he fought. And that's you know, some good shots, some good moves, not slipping shots. Yeah, especially you know, the left took over the top and that was going to enjoy some problems. That's so fair play to him as well. He came to try and make a fight here. You just think maybe about three, four years ago, possibly it might have been you know, you know, a wee bit different ending possibly. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, Andy, quickly before we bring Matty in there, there's no comparisons can be made to sort of Steve Gray's activities when it came to the Lewis Ritson fight. Is two completely different situations, would you say? What happened again in the Lewis Ritson fight? You, you know, whenever Ritson was desperate to get out of there and Gray kept on throwing the oh, right. tail out and all. Uh... He was a little quicker that night, is what I'm saying. Ah, you know, he wasn't as quick that night, sorry. He wasn't that, that quick that night, but then again, he doesn't accept the tell, does he? But uh, mm. I, I, take, I take your point. I take your point. Uh, Matty, uh, Jimmy Tappy says, Joyce took 20-plus overhand rights clean. He can't do that with Wilder or AJ, which, I mean, we can, we can all agree with that. He's obviously got the chin at this particular level, but he, he can't keep using it to, to such an extent. I thought Takam would hurt him last night, but he didn't appear to. But he's going to have to tighten up the defence a little bit, even at 35 now, or he won't hang with the big boys, Matty. Oh, I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, that, that picture you pulled up, uh, he, he looked like a man-o'-lantern. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty awful. Um, he, he Joyce is an interesting guy, man. I mean, Chelsea is much open bag, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like yeah, maybe a man lantern. It kind of looks like they took like a like a rubber bath, uh, like a rubber uh, bathroom rug, and folded it and cut its eyes in it. I don't know, man. That's uh, not my sense of style, but I'm not the one making a million bucks. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Fuck it. Um, but. Uh, as far as you know, he 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 took some hard shots, and uh, the guy does have a good chin. Uh, he is slow, sure, but if you notice, he he his footwork's actually pretty good. He 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 can he he controls the center, and he takes since he's a big guy, he takes uh, his steps, cover their distance, walk in the perimeter, and he covers distance pretty well. He also is almost always in position to punch he he doesn't cross over himself too much he doesn't uh seem to oh uh really uh get over a punch too much he 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 keeps with himself holds his position keeps his balance um so that's a dangerous guy you know that is a dangerous guy and we've seen the j- damage that he does with just his jab. And it's not like he's, it's not like a typical jab either. He just kind of, whatever position his hands in, he just kind of drops it on you. You know, um, it, the dude's a puncher. He, he, uh, he stays in play. He, he stays in good position. He's always there to throw a shot. He can take one. Um, you'd got to think if he's eating those shots from, you know, a while there, maybe a, a Joshua that he could succumb to it. But I don't know, man. That's a guess. Um, oh, what the what the hell was his name that was a bitch? Uh, like Oliver McCall, was it? Like you just couldn't put him down? Yeah. Oh, I enjoy. Yeah, there's just – and you look at some of the shots that they hit him with, and you're like, how'd that happen? How did George Foreman take 20 consecutive punches from Vander Holyfield? I don't know, but they did. Um, and you don't know, um, the guy might really have a stellar chin and it, there, there are just those freaks of nature. And given that, uh, he's there and he throws punches and everything seems to do a little bit of damage. Fuck. I wouldn't count him out. 
Yeah, Kaiser Cobra said, if you don't punch back and continue to take clean punches after being visibly hurt, you give the referee no choice. Simon Hill made a good point. He said, Takam looks like a four-round fighter now. He looked knackered in round five. He did indeed. I think, Matty, was it to do with the fact that it was kind of like the second phase of Takam? Like, he got hurt at the beginning of the sixth with the left hook or whatever it was. He was all over the place. Joyce piled it on him. Then he seemed like he had possibly weathered the storm and Joyce might blow out, but then he hurt him again. And it was that second phase and then he was piling it on and then he caught him with that right that sort of rocked him back. That was maybe, do you think, Matty, what the referee uh, wasn't happy with? Well, it's just, he wasn't doing anything back at the end. Like, I, I get that he was moving and defending, but he hadn't thrown a punch for a fairly long period of time at that point. And I, I think he was just out of energy too. You know, he was he was getting really low, a lot of head movement, uh, trying to find the angles to to throw those looping shots over the top. Um, so, I you know, I'd I'd like to I, I I like ripping on referees as much as the next guy, but I I think it was pretty much inevitable at that point in time. I think he was done. What about Joyce moving forward then, Andy? We have spoken about it before. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're a bit like me. You kind of like him. He seems like a decent enough big fellow. He's yeah. grown on me. He's, he's, he's effective at what he does. He's, he's well-schooled. He's got an excellent job, as he showed against Dubois. He's tough. He's strong. Leans down on you as well. He's going to be a handful for absolutely anybody in the heavyweight division. Not say he beats everybody, but his ceiling, even in the short term, well, that's the problem, I think. If he gets too old, you know, the way they keep you hanging yeah. around for so long. And they mentioned afterwards with the WBO and you 6 got to fight AJ and they've got to do this and that and the other. That might be the only problem is that he just his time just goes too long. But, but I like the big fella. Yeah, I like him as well. I just think that a lot of people always expect him to get exposed at some point. You know, I'll say it, he's got his limitations probably in a, like a defensive way. But um, I don't know if, if he's not going to kind of like employ head movement to try and get out of the shots. And I like to see him try and parry and catch shots and then try and counter off that, so to speak. Um, but moving forward with him, it's going to be hard, actually, as I say. Is, you know, the belts are tied up. Who, what do you get from him? You, you, you want to try and get him a test, but something's not going to get him beat. But it's going to like maybe even you know hamper a, a kind of mandatory shot at some point down the line. You know, I've seen Sam Jones mentioning or retweeting about a potential fight with Luis Ortiz. Um not sure about that one, but yeah, I mean, he's still a top name as such, still kind of ranked higher, I suppose, as well. Um, Andy Ruiz is floating about, that would be a legit test for him. Um, in some, some regard, I suppose, if you want to put Parker in there, um, who else have we got? I mean, other than that, you've got contenders as well, but I, I think Parker's quite high up with the BO as well. Um, who else have we got? Yoka's kind of like, he's still kind of flipping about that kind of like second tier European level, whatever it is. It's slim pickings, it really is. Try and kind of get him, you know, try to get him tests or, or kind of drag him rounds and that. It's very kind of slim pickings. Michael Hunter, possibly. I don't know what's happened with that fight on Triller. If it's going to go ahead, um, you know, that might be a decent enough fight. You know, it's a guy who's going to give him, give him movement, uh, might give him, a, you know, different, different problems. Um, other than that, mate, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it is very slim pickings. Charles Martin. I think he would destroy him in a, in a matter of five, six rounds as well. So. The thing is, though, I was having this conversation with Ames on Friday night, actually, that we mentioned some of these names, but these guys aren't going to be interested to come over and fight on BT or whatever for this kind of money. Guys like Otto Wallin or even Brazil, Gerald Washington, yeah. Hellenius, they're all guaranteed, like from, say, Al or something, are oh, you stick around with us, we'll get you opportunities. Brazil, um, Wallin just beat Brazil. He's not going to come over and fight Joyce. He's going to sit and wait for an opportunity. Same with Charles Martin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think um, Hellenis has got a fight, or he's got something arranged by PBC coming up at some point. Rematch anyway. with Kovnaki, wasn't uh, it supposed to be? Some, well, I don't know what's happened, it's been kind of quiet. He's got one of the belts with the Panamanians as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you're right, mate. I mean, look, I, I think if, if they're going to get 
a biggish name that they're probably gonna have to go on the road or they try and get some sort of kind of eliminator elsewhere with another sanction body. I don't know what it is, but I think at some point with, with, with the whole situation with the with the politics, you know, divisions getting held up, rematch clauses here and there, and options and other fighters. I, I just think um, at some point the politics is going to uh, it's going to come ahead and titles are start, start going to uh, get stripped, and I might start freeing up divisions again. I don't know, but I, I can see it coming. Fury's no fighting fight with Wilder. You know, I don't know what's happened with that. Josh, but Yuzik, you know, what happens if Yuzik wins that? There's a rematch clause in that contract that you can bet there is. Um, and that may just splinter the belts even further, so just need to wait and see. I suppose might be the best thing to happen. Yeah, it was okay winning that fight. Well, I think, this, I think that might be the best option here for the whole division is to fucking blow up, get Yuzik in there, win the fight, and just let everything go to shit after that. Because I'm sick and tired of it, man. We should have that Fury Wilder fight already, and plus the Fury Joshua fight should have been uh, either happening or almost close to happening, and it's no so um, fuck boxing, I suppose, or fuck the heavyweight division, you know. It's just getting tedious, man. Yeah, Des says, I think Joe Joyce will be avoided by the plague. He will, absolutely, because if you're looking at the rankings there, Luis Ortiz is the name that's being mentioned. Joyce is second with the WBO. Ortiz is down at seventh. Now, Ortiz is top ten ranked with the IBF, but I don't see Joyce anywhere with them. So that's a write-off. Ortiz is three with the WBA. I don't see Joyce anywhere with them. And Joyce is five with the WBC. And oh, Ortiz is three with the WBC. So that could be something. Maybe, yeah, sack, they might have to sack off the WBO, Matty, and start going a different route. But then the thing is, if they want to go the WBC route, they've got Dillian White sitting there with a little eye, a little interim next to his name. He's been waiting about 53 years for his chance, if you hear him talk. So Joe Joyce probably isn't going to get any more joy going the WBC route. He seems like he's, he's stuck, Matty, at the moment, poor fella. Everyone is kind of stuck uh, until the uh, Wilder, uh, Wilder, uh, Fury, uh, Joshua tr uh, triangle is kind of figured out in its own way. Yeah, I mean they they can throw interim belts around all they want, and I mean I, I guess they can put them in against whatever's. Like who the hell was it that uh, that uh, Du Bois fought the, uh, the for a, a gold or an interim or a silver belt? Bogdan Dinu wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like what I the Pulev? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? It's yeah. there's just it's it's tr tremendously ridiculous because there's not a whole lot going around outside of these top tier fighters, and they keep getting stuck. You get COVID withdrawals, then uh, contractual issues, and it just doesn't seem to stop. So a guy like this, you hope, doesn't end up getting stuck just fighting the domestic division because he can't get get a chance at anyone uh because i think we've seen enough from joyce to believe that in uh, a division where a lot of people are easily separated from the cream of the crop uh we're at least kind of curious how he would perform against them and uh we can't say that about a lot of fighters yeah everybody seems to be sitting sitting on their gloves at the moment uh, let's have a look in the chat see who's knocking about there jimmy tappy good evening to you you're very welcome simon hill is with us as well kaiser cobra uh, johnny horscott nelson mike sausage He's giving us the rundown of all his receipts that he's paid over recent weeks. Richard Wetton, Declan McCarthy, Dean Richardson's here. Joe Kennedy, always good to see Joe. Des as well. Uh, Chris Butler, hoping to get take aims on later if he's available. He was there last night, live, in person. Contestant A is with us. Uh, welcome to Craig. Uh, a few more in the chat. Boo Boo, M. Lithgow, 1983. Looking forward to Porky. He's coming soon, don't worry. He's coming soon. Andrew Maida, Fury Perra main admin. <laughs> Who else we got here? The Motor City Cobra, uh, Leon the Canteen, Joe Wall. Uh, who else we got? Boxing Channel, always with us. Uh, a couple more before we move on to the undercard. 
Let's see if we can find some fresh names, some fresh blood. James Windsor, uh, Liam Wynn, and finally, Pat on the back four. Du, 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 du. Who we got? Niall M. Welcome, Niall, to you. Eggy Phil, always oh, just jumped in. Big D. John Thompson, Smohawk69, all coming out the woodwork now. Ian Wigley, Rupert Goebel, and Amit Sharma. They're all making themselves known. Uh, they're all get a shout out. out. They yeah. always shout out, don't they? All appearing. Oh, the boys. Just, there we go. The real names, though. See if they want a real shout out. <laughs> uh, what about the undercard then let's have a look I shall um, uh, briefly run through what happened and then Andy you can let me know what you were interested in Chris Jenkins lost by TKO8 to Echo Esserman two former friends of the pod no real main cuts for Jenkins which is a bit of a disappointment he did suffer a broken rib in the second round though fought pretty well at times uh, Esserman using his engine as he's known that's his nickname to get the win he's going to be a handful for anybody as Mr Esserman Hamza Shearer I thought he looked okay against Ezekiel Gura He's quite lean. He's very tall. He's going to fill out, you would imagine. Anyone half decent will be raking that body. Jury's out at the moment for me. He looks okay, but uh, nothing more. Uh, Chris Book uh, won a unanimous 10-man decision over James Beach Jr. And David Adelaide knocking out Maladen Manev in the fourth round. Shout out to Sam Noakes as well, getting the retirement win over Naeem Ali. Uh, Tim Boxeo favourite is Naeem. He knows how to survive. Did you catch anything on the undercard there, Andy? Uh, I caught bits and bobs to be honest with you. I wasn't kind of like fully paying attention. I was flipping between that and uh, some other shows that were on. Uh, I did catch a bit. I uh, David Adderley, um thought he was kind of maybe tiring a wee bit until he kind of got the stoppage. That guy he looked like he was pretty poor shape, wasn't he? That was a Mladen Manev or Vlanev, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Uh, I seen the, the middle part of Esserman. Um, it looked like he was kind of getting on top of Jenkins, put, put him up against the ropes, put him real under pressure. Uh, I didn't know about the broken rib there until you mentioned it. So, uh, fair play to Jenkins, but was it six rounds you lasted for that? Fair play to him. Uh, and eight, has, eight rounds, Andy? Was it eight rounds? Yeah. yeah, but you said they broke it in the second round or something. Oh, after that, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, and uh, just to be honest with you, I thought that kind of card dragged on again there last night. I, don't know. I mean, Shiraz she could have been on way sooner, uh, especially after the Jenkins fight, because I think that was... Uh, yeah, I'm sure that was right. Uh, so yeah, another Frank Frank Warren card that's kind of ran over at kind of like half eleven at night, shall we say? So um, it's okay, but um, that's all I can really report on it. I didn't really kind of pay much attention to it. No worries. We'll get the lowdown from Ames hopefully later on. It may be a little bit from Rapping Well Kelly as well if he joins us. Uh, let's go stateside, then we'll give Andy a break. We'll go to Firat Arslan shortly. Before we do so, though, Matty, you were mentioning the Showtime card. I actually forgot all about it. It had Shenard Bunch who is quite the puncher, uh, going in against Mr. Janelson, Figueroa, Boca Chica, Calvin Henderson as well against Isaiah Steen. I do love a showbox card so much that I forgot all about it. A split draw in the main event there. Uh, what was Where was the value to be had in this uh, Heartland event centre card? Bad judging. I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, the, uh, the the bunch uh, Boca Chica fight, um, I thought bunch won that one. I, uh, Boca Chica was completely ineffective. It was uh, definitely a very, uh, not a strong performance. And uh, Steen against Henderson, man, that was, uh, I, that one I thought was a lot closer. I actually thought that fight was closer uh, than the uh, the bunch fight. And I got to tell you, the, the problem with this card, Steve, and uh, Showbox has given us a lot of great fighters over the years, uh, you know, uh, people who have become champions and uh, household names as far as the boxing world goes. But this card, I didn't find anyone I was that impressed with on there. Uh, the, uh, the Martino Jules Aram Avignon fight, um, that was another one. Funky ju- judging, I thought that, that could have very well been a draw. 
Um, I just was, I'll tell you what, I think they tried hard there. They, they had a lot of good shiny records on there, but as far as this card went, man, I, I think these guys are, uh, just, uh, going to be some, something for an up and comer or a, an existing champion to feast on. So, uh, just, a bad judging all around that sums it up. Bad judging. Well, there you go. So Boca Chica, he was being touted by some people as being, Something to keep an eye on, but you you don't think you know he's going to be fair. Well, maybe get the loss, maybe the rematch with Bunch if he gets the win, maybe be fed to somebody. So he's he's not uh, got the potential that some other people are saying. Then, Mister Bokchika, I don't think so. Um, you know, you could be wrong because years ago I remember uh, Sean Porter struggling struggling with a uh, over the hill Julio Diaz. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a couple of, uh, I think they had a rematch their first, I think they fought twice possibly. Um, and, and I was wrong about that when I wrote off Sean Porter after that, and look at what he's been able to do. So yeah, I could always be surprised, but there was nothing within them that made me think that they are, that there was going to be a champion in the bunch out of those six fighters. There we are. Matty has spoken then. What about future? Talk about future champions, Andy. I think the future is looking bright for this guy who got a win on Saturday night. Firat Arslan, 50 years young, going in against 43-year-old spring chicken Ruben Eduardo Acosta in the Firat Arslan Sports Centre, as we mentioned last week, in Gopingen, Germany. What's he looking like? What's he looking like these days, Mr. Arslan? Oh, he's looking tremendous, <laughs> man. Telling he's still looking in fabulous shape, aren't he? Did you see the way in pictures? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. He's looking good. He's massaging that body like a motherfucker as well. And uh, yeah, that Acosta guy, who was it? Uh, just basically, got, yeah, I think he dropped a few times actually. Um, not really much to report, obviously, but uh, that's, a, that's a, a Panamanian belt he picked up there of some sort, I'm sure. So uh, just keep an eye out over the next six weeks when you see the new rankings coming out if he maybe pops into the top 15 with the BA. So maybe uh, he might get a, a, another title call. Who knows? Certainly there's a, a, it was like a big Q&A session post-fight as well. It took forever to do that interview. Don't know what was getting said, but it sounded more like a retirement goodwill speech, a goodbye speech. Uh, he's got his own ring rope snap with his name on it, promotions, all that type of thing. So clearly he's going to be the top top tatty in that area. But um, all serious stuff, man. He's... Um, he just does what he does, just keeps fighting. I remember going back to when he fought Hawk. He must have been... How far back have we gone with that one? I must be at least 12 Ten years. years. Yeah, yeah, at least they fight like twice or three times? At least, I don't know, they fought at least once. And he, gave, he gave Hawk a kind of really tough fight. But um, who knows? I mean, what's he going to do at this level anyway? Nothing. He's just going to keep fighting. Get a few paydays and that keep himself active. That that place he was fighting looked like it was just a gym that had been emptied out with, with all the heavy bags and the machinery had been taken out and just a ring plopped in the centre of it. Doors all open and that. So uh, aye, it was uh, it was put out on Turkish TV as like uh, free of charge there last night. So that's where I sat and watched it. So uh, aye, it was alright. I was, was kind of flipping between that card and the that, uh, BT card that Frank Warner put on. I'm checking the ratings here, Andy, and Firat Arslan has a slid in. Was it number five in the WBA? Wow, there you go. go. And you got how many belt holders at Cruiserweight there, mate? Oh, um, um, Amia three, unfortunately. You've got Arsan Gulamirian, who is the super champion, Rihad Murhi, who's the world champion, and Alexei Egorov floating in as the gold champion. They two fought recently. Well, they never fought each other, but they fought recently or defended their belts recently. So, yeah, I mean, that, that I said to you last week that Ryan Mera, who I think he fought last week, he's no, he's, you know, I guess the top guys, he's, he's forgetting iced. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Arslang maybe get a wee call to try to, to drive the jet uh, to Belgium and maybe you know shock the world, come cruiserweight champion again. Who knows? Uh, it's eight thirty, says Jimmy Tappy. It's eight twenty nine, actually, Jimmy. You need to get your clock checked. I'm going to ring him. Don't worry. I may never heard such a carry on. If anybody wants to talk about the Olympics, by the way, feel free. I'll give you the link and you can come on and talk it, uh, talk it, talk about it. Because I haven't seen any of it, so I ain't going to be talking about it. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the Olympics, Steve, did you know it's the 41st anniversary of the start of the Moscow Olympics in 1980? I didn't, Matthew. Tell us more. Yes, that's it when America, is. That's when America took a knee and refused to go. And so did y'all bastards. Yeah, I know, but we were pussies yeah. back then. So, yes, on this day in boxing history, 41 years ago, the 1980 Summer Olympics in Moscow began with 65 countries, including the United States and Great Britain, refusing to participate due to the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in 1979. Oh, the irony. In an event dominated mostly by Cuban, Soviets, and Russians, with most of the free world sitting at home, Teofilo Stevenson managed to win the gold medal in the heavyweight division, his third consecutive, which started in 1972. Despite the boycott, Team USA had lost many of their standout stars in a plane crash over Poland one year prior. Here, Matty, just to let you know, you know some of the Mujahideen were actually trained about. True story. Oh, I, I, yeah, don't get me started on that. Highlands, Highlands of Scotland. Can you imagine some wee poor wee woman going down for their fucking, you know, their, their stock cube for the soup and they're seeing this fucking Afghan fighter walking past them? How you doing, Ian? No bad. I wonder you what could... the Afghanis thought of, of uh, haggis. You got to be curious. I, I think they might be the, the one people who would consider your food cuisine and not just, eh, fuck, this will work. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get a ready meal instead. Right, so I better give Russell a ring here. They're starting to revolt in the chat. I didn't do that on purpose, by the way. Right, let's, let's give him a call, see, what, see what's happening. Russ, what's happening? How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Keeping well. Nice and warm where you are. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, mate. Yeah. Anyways, let me just get rid of this mutt. What, right. scoot? Go on, scoot, scooter. Get rid of Rocky. <laughs> How we been? No, not too bad, not too bad. We were talking a bit of Joe Joyce earlier. What did you think of the stoppage, Ross? I saw it. Are, you, are we live now? Like, yeah, yeah, we're live. Go ahead, man. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, it maybe a little bit premature, but I don't. I think he, blow, he was blowing himself out, wanting a little bit of Tackham, but still another bad stoppage for Tackham in UK, isn't it? It is, but what about... I was asking Andy earlier, Ross, what about the comparison between Gray not stopping Ritson but stopping Takam? Do you think there's any comparison to be made there? Uh, yeah, I mean, Steve Ritson's a... Uh, he's a Warren man, isn't he? We all know that, don't we? So maybe there's a bit of that involved with him. I don't know, but he's always in thick of it at the moment. He's the new Ian John Lewis, isn't he, Steve? Mm, yeah. Could stop a bus at 125 mile an hour and a train. Right, I'm going to give a shout out to the boys in the chat. If they've got any questions for Russ, keep it clean, boys. I'll ask them uh, if I can. Uh, tell yeah, me, no problem, mate. Yeah, tell me about um, Fight Zone, Russ. What's going on with Dennis Hobson's Fight Zone? Any value? Well, I don't rate it, as you know, but no matter what I say regarding that, Steve, people are going to say, oh, porky, you bitter, aren't you? But what we have to do, we have to give Dennis credit for mm. putting shows on in an area where nobody else is putting them on. For example, well, Steffi Bull's made a lot of money out of shows in this area, but he doesn't want to put one on at the moment, does he? No. Ingalls have had Ingalls have had the uh, the hands in the biscuit jar since the nineteen seventies, 
they don't put shows on, do they? All they do is tech out of box and they don't give anything back. Now, they're multi-millionaires, the Ingalls, Dominic Ingall and John and the sisters, all multi-millionaires. Now, the sister works for a board, doesn't she? Her husband's a, a, a board a director at shows, isn't he? A doctor, mm -hmm. I forgot his name. So they've all had a good do out of boxing, but I don't see Ingalls putting that on. Dennis is putting them on and he's putting his hand in his pocket, so Steve Crump. So they have to be applauded for that. But the quality of the shows, to say they're going on TV, is very, very poor. You've got a lot of people coming from white collar and jumping into boxing. And I'm told it's going to get worse by somebody at the board. They've got 50-odd people waiting for medicals, which is more than ever. Wow. So yeah, if you look at it, Dennis does give 30 debuts, hasn't he, in nine shows. Uh -huh. So, how many subscribers do you think they've got, Russ? I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. I ain't a comment. I don't know. But I've heard he's losing money on shows. So you, you have to applaud them for moving forward, don't you? With it and having a go. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. Uh, a few of the boys yeah. throwing in some questions here for you, Russ. Jim McDonald Boxing says, uh, "Ask Russ why he threw me under the bus, please, fella." What's that all about, Russ? Well, how many Jim McDonalds is there that troll me on a daily basis? How many is there? There's loads in there. I can, I'll send you a screenshot later, Steve, of them all. They're all over the place, aren't they? So if, he, if he's been uh, blocked, it, it's him who blocks me. It's somebody else. I don't really know how to work any of it. I mean, it's only recently I've, we've figured, I figured out how to get the subscribers up because we couldn't see how many had for God knows how long. But if he, if he wants some blocking, I'll put a note now here and I'll, I'll make sure he gets some block. But which one is it? Because there's that many of them, isn't there? I'm not sure. It's like all these Jason Chukwus. It's hard to keep up with them. Exactly. And Steve Wellings us. I know, yeah. <laughs> trolls, Russ, trolls. There you go, Jim. Tried for you, tried for you. Big D uh, says for you, Big P, what does Porky think of James English fighting? James English? Is he going to have a fight? I don't know. Apparently it seems to be, yeah. Well, uh, James English, I don't I don't know him personally, but I've heard he's got his tongue that far up Daniel Kinnan's hula hoop. He's eating his food for him. <laughs> so, if you want to talk about James English, ask him why. When somebody I know asked a question at one of John Fury's seminars the other night, why John's not saying no about Mickey Theo and this kid got ushered out. So that's James English for you, isn't it? They're going to push their own narrative, aren't they? So if you're listening, James English, you're a fucking shit house, you Scotch cunt. Don't think he'd be listening to us, Russ. To be honest. Well, you never know, dear. Uh, Niall M says, "What did you think of boxer size Ben on commentary last night?" Fucking shocking, mate. It will break it. Uh, John Rawlings asked him to break something down, and he couldn't fucking do it, could he? No. What was all that about? <laughs> he was talking fucking Benglish. There's English, Scottish, and there's Benglish, isn't there? What the fuck were he coming out with, mate? What, what has he done with anybody in from fucking scratch, mate? He's getting undefeated kids fucking dropped on his lap, mate. It's fucking unbelievable, mate. He needs to fuck off. Uh, Joe Kennedy Ross says, are the rumours about Porky and Maya Jammer true? Who's Maya Jammer? I think she's the new uh, anchor on DAZN, along with Tony and Mike Costello. I don't want to be stirring Anthony Joshua's porridge, mate, so no, the rumours are not true. <laughs> uh, Craig says, did Russ see Elijah Fenn call him out on YouTube? Who? Elijah Fenn calling you out on YouTube. I think that's Spencer's mate, isn't it? Oh, with 37 followers. I saw the video because somebody sent me on WhatsApp, but what can you say to it? When they stop calling me out, Steve, that's when I'll worry. I know exactly. All of his 37 followers are going to be coming after you, Russ, if you're not careful. 
Jimmy Tappy said, ask him if he's going to, I don't know what this means, but he said, ask him if he's going to put it on Michelle Hudson and does she look any good? What does that mean, Russ? Michelle Hudson's from near where I live. She's she's been in Turkey twenty odd years. She owns Cosmetic Beach. She's a fifty four year old that looks about twenty four, but she should do it job. She's in, shouldn't she? She's doing my teeth on first of all. It's first of September now. I got keep getting it put back. I've had it put back six times because it's in red zone, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but they're doing me my teeth for me and me fossils or railings, as Frotch calls them. Railings, they're doing me railings. What does that mean, Ross? What are you having done to your teeth? I'm having a fucking about six implants and rest of them or whatever. I don't know. I'm having full Monty and I need something done with, don't I? All the people <laughs> that you've upset over the years, Ross, you might get them knocked out soon if you're not careful. I've already had a fucking knocked out a couple of years ago, but apparently you can get Lloyds of London to insure them, so, so I'll be all right. I'll be going around doing insurance claims every fucking weekend, won't I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a, few, a few of the boys are asking about Steffi Bull here. What's Steffi up to these days? I haven't spoken to him in ages. I'm hoping to see him tomorrow when I uh, film uh, Mick, Mick Wales' uh, uh, Elfie Cafe thing that's opening in Barnes. I'm going to do some filming tomorrow afternoon there. So I'm hoping to bump into him. And if I see him, well, I'm gonna, he better get his coat off, hasn't he? So we don't get on and we need to get it sorted, don't we? Do you so if you're listening, Stephen, I know you are, you ginger cunt. Get down to Mick's fucking cafe tomorrow afternoon. Do you think it's going to go down, Russ? Well, he, he had a chance to do it. Uh, I'll tell you a little story about, about Steffi Bolton. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell this story. When I was with Dennis, right, this is how I started working with Steffi Bolton. This is how sneaky he fucking is. Dennis says to me, now we've got three sports. You'll have Steffi Bolton fucking licking your ass. I went, no, you don't like you, Dennis. He won't want to work with you. He goes, he'll be in touch. He'll be in touch. I thought, yeah, yeah. Three weeks later. Hey, Pokey Rossi, Steffi, can I come and see you? Comes to see me, he says, tomorrow, well, I need to have a chat with you. So he come and took me to this cafe, which I'm going to come to the story in a minute. Took me to this cafe in Wharf, so we sat there, a bit of carrot cake and a latte, and he says, what script with free sports then? Can you get me in with Dennis? But Dennis had already said to me, when he comes to see you, and he will, and he were right, Dennis, set a meet up with him at NASA. You know what NASA brothers, do you remember them? Bantamweights. Oh, yes, yes. Set a meeting up at their dad's cafe in London Road, Sheffield. That's a coffee shop because everybody's into coffee shops, aren't they, around here? Mm. So I took Steffi up there a week later. So we're having this fucking whatever. What does Dennis eat? Rice crispy buns and a coffee. And that's how I got him in there. And the show war. Bobby Jenkinson against Josh Whale. Dennis says, I want you to work with Steffi and learn off him. So I said, fair enough. So, But keep you cool and just learn off him because he's pretty much, he's pretty sharp, Steffi. You have to give him his dues. He's a good boxing man. And what he did, we put this show on, and after about a couple of weeks, I went down to his gym and they said, oh, you better get in ring with Woodhouse. He's not happy with you. So I said, get his fucking gloves here. So I goes to get into Spa Woodhouse because they're all playing jokes on you, aren't they, down there? Mm. And they went, oh, no, 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 no. Because obviously I thought, fuck, you know what was said here. And then I've got that Robbie Barrett coming up to me going, oh, you said Ritson had knocked me out. Well, I didn't know what to say. You know what, I'm live as well. He fucking did knock you out, <laughs> didn't he? What am I supposed to do, Steve? Sit on the fucking fence like Coogan? Do you know what I mean? But to cut a long story short, he rung Dennis up a few weeks later and said, Dennis, I can't wait with Porky Ross. 
He's uh, he, what he knows about boxing. You can write him back a stamp. He then rung me an hour later, and he's gone, how are you? Are you all right? Where are you? Not knowing I'd heard the fucking phone call. So what a sneaky cunt he is. How sneaky is that, Steve? Hey, would you want to work with some cunt that had done that to you? Can't trust anyone in no, this you game. Yeah, you fucking... So then he says, we see what I told you about people in boxing. They're not all your mates. I thought, fucking hell, well, you can imagine how I felt there, Steve. I'm fucking heartbroken, mate. Mm. So I took it on my chin and I moved forward. And anyway, obviously, we didn't get on after that. And I went to the same shop near Mick Wales a couple of years later. And we were sat there having a having a cup and a, a bit of cake. And Mick said, oh, fucking hell. Steffi's just pulled up. Uh, uh, this car pulled up. Him, his missus, and his daughter. And I said, well, you better get him right fucking back then, Mick, and let's get coats off. Mick said, no, 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 his kids are missing here. I said, well, tell them to drive home and you take him on after we've done it. And he, Mick went and told him and he got in the fucking car. So what does that tell you, mate? Ex-fucking boxer is a piece of fucking shit. And we all know what happened with fucking Amir Khan fight, don't we? Hey, so we'll leave that one there, eh? But if he wants to throw down with me, I'll fucking throw down with him any day of week. Have you seen fucking shape I'm in lately? Hey? You're looking well, so Russ. Fucking, fucking look fantastic, mate, don't I? So I ain't fucking bothered about that cunt training every fucking day, mate. So I've got an announcement this week, so I'm not going to spoil it just yet, so you're going to have to wait. But I ain't bothered about him. He's, he's a fucking luxury to what I've got going on in my life. But anyway, let's keep it positive. Yeah, exactly. But no, he's a fucking low-life piece of shit cunt. And Dennis... Dennis is a lot better man than he'll ever fucking be, let me tell you. But Dennis is putting shows on in Sheffield, isn't he? So he has to be given respect, even though the show's a fucking pony. You know what I mean? Yeah, Russ, I know the answer to this isn't going to be Steffi, but Des says, who's the best boxer to come out of Yorkshire? The best boxer to come out of Yorkshire? Uh, it's not Dave Allen. Uh, you'd have to say Jamie McDonnell, wouldn't you, Josh Warring? Yorkshire or South Yorkshire? Uh, just Yorkshire, he says. Maybe Clinton? Oh, uh, you'd have to say Josh Warnick and Jamie McDonnell, uh, them, them two, wouldn't you? They're, they're up there, aren't they? You, you would say, wouldn't you? Jamie McDonnell fucking were champion for years, wasn't it? I mean, let's have it right. You know, and Warrington's done fantastic, hasn't he, Josh Warnick? Mm -hmm. Oh, he has, definitely. Uh, Simon Hill says, yeah. do, do you honestly think the Mickey Theo fight will happen against John Fury? Turn up. Uh, I think it will, yeah, but I think maybe, you know, it, it, after 14th of August, and it, Mick needs to lay it off, but lay, 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 let it die down a bit, you know, because there's overkill, isn't there, do you know what I mean? But Simon Hill went to school with me, and his mum went to school with my mum, and when his mum were having Simon, and my mum were having me, they were in next bed to each other, so that's about that one. His nickname's Billy Blockhead. Because he had a fucking square head at school. He used to wear night tempo turf, pair of farrows. I thought he were rock hard, but he had a fucking square head. But he's a lovely kid, Simon. He's a good friend of mine. So. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Craig, Craig says, Russ, any news on Liam Cameron? Is he going to fight again? Yeah, Liam Cameron's 18 stone. I saw him a couple of weeks ago on a speech to him regular. He works uh, not far from where I live. Uh, he, you know he's, you know his daughter died in a car crash, don't you? No, I didn't know Got that. Her dad owns a furniture place uh, not far from where I live. He works there now. And he's down to just under 15 stone and he's coming back. He's in middle of his appeal because he got a four-year ban, but I think they might be dropping it to three and a half years or so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but he's, he's, he's done three years three months he's got nine months left on his ban and he's trying to 
get his license back or something. He, he's doing his best he can, like, do you know what I mean? But he got depressed and went from 11 stone six to 18. So he, he, he would be down in dumps, which you can understand, can't you? When Fury's getting a two year ban for three charges and he's getting four year for one. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. not right, is it? Yeah. Here, Ross, oh, we're getting some yeah. stick on the best Yorkshire boxer here. We forgot about the main man himself, Naz. Yeah, you'd have to say Naz, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't class him as Yorkshire. I class him as Yemen. Oh, so. <laughs> but, but yeah, because so Naz, you could put Ryan Rhodes in there, Johnny Nelson, or all them boys, couldn't you? But you know, as regards for for uh, for Naz, I thought a lot of guys he went with were handpicked, in my opinion. And when he come up against anybody any good, he got beat, didn't he? I know he beat Kevin Kelly, but let's have it right, he had fifty odd fights, hasn't he? What about Harold Bomber Graham getting a shout out here? Yeah, Harold Bomber Graham, a fantastic fighter. If if you like limbo dancers, but uh, yeah, fantastic fighter. Yeah, and it's sad to see uh, how, how it's turned out for Harold Bomber Graham. But you know all these people like Johnny fucking Nelson and all these other do-gooders in boxing, they all don't want to know Harold Bomber Graham now, do they? Hey, mm. why is that? Why aren't they fucking having fundraising nights for him and stuff like that? Because I remember when Johnny Nelson used to live in Errol Bomber Graham's house, and when they used to come into this nightclub in Sheffield, we all used to go to, everybody used to swarm to Bomber Nelson, and he'd introduce everybody to Bomber Graham, and everybody, he'd introduce everybody. Then they'd say, who's the big black fella with Bomber Graham? And that was Johnny Nelson's name, the big black fella with Bomber Graham. He never even had a fucking name then, mate. And now he's made it big time. What about fucking throwing Bomber Graham a few crumbs? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, final few, Russ, because I know you're a busy man. Um, Mike Sausage yeah. says, ask Russ what happened to Dennis's deals with free sport and Eurosport. It's up to you if you want to answer that or not. I don't know, they just they fizzle out, don't they? You've got to understand that uh, these deals like free sports and what were the other one? Uh, Eurosport. Eurosport. You have to put, you have to pay for production, don't you? And if you don't get enough sponsorship into pay for production, you can be paying thousands for people to come and film your shows. And uh, and then if you don't sell enough tickets, you, you're, back, you're putting your fires out on two fronts, aren't you? So I really feel for Dennis there. Do you know what I mean? Because I know some invoices that you used to have to pay out. But he always gets telly and he, he, he always pulls up. So he, he has to be given credit. But the, 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 sh- the shows are, are shocking, and if, I can show you shows. If you want, if you go look on your, all you want, all, all you listening, go and look at Clinton Woods against Rico Oi and look at Undercard, and, and look what Dennis is serving up now. It's fucking utter garbage. And I know Dennis personally, and I know it would have hurt him for me to say something. I mean, don't get me wrong, Steve. Right, I never said a word about them first six shows. I left it. My kid's mum said to me, oh, you haven't said no about Dennis's shows. People keep saying, what are you going to do? And I left it and left it and left it. But you're damned if you do, Stephen. You're damned if you don't. So eventually, I, I, had, a, I had a chat with Kevin and he said, look, you've just got to just tell the truth what you think. Just just tell, talk how you normally do. So I had to fucking rinse him, didn't I? And I felt awful. And obviously, I got the fucking legal letter, didn't I? <laughs> So, do you know what I mean? But mm. that's boxing for you, isn't it? Listen, Dennis is fucking best mates with people now, and he's always sent two legal letters to say, it don't mean no, does it? It's boxing, Steve, isn't it? You know mm-hmm. yourself, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's full of insecure men and fragile egos. But I wish Dennis all the best, and I'll always love him from the bottom of my heart. That's about that. I know you're listening, Dennis. <laughs> Hit like and subscribe if you're listening, Dennis. That's what I would say.
Many people listening, Dennis, get your send, get, send a text on there, Dennis, and go on there and tell them some proper funny stories. Good old Dennis. Right then, Russ. Let tell you a funny Dennis story. Go on then. Right, all you are out there, Google Dennis Hobson Senior. He's passed away now. This is a true story. He's a proper, proper old Sheffield scrap metal gangster, earning a thousand pound a day in nineteen seventy. We're like big rivals with Bill Bill Ives. Now listen to this. Go around in a Rolls Royce, all they used to do all the day we've got buckies and pub and that. To cut and get parking tickets, you know, like Bill Maynard. But listen to this. Him and Barbara, they've gone to Tenerife to Dennis's place and they're at airport. So they're walking through airport and uh they get on on, on uh, aeroplane. They've gone on fucking a plane to Poland, and they're on plane. And everybody say, "God, are you going to be all right when you get there? Where's your coat and that? What are you on about? We're, we're going to Warsaw." <laughs> Can you imagine that? So plane on runway. Dennis's dad there. He, he, he's, it's not a funny story until you Google his dad on, and look at look at him on Google and and sit and see read, read about him and how he died and that because his body got frozen, didn't it? And yeah. the uh, we, he's in America, his body in Detroit, you know, until they find a cure. Uh-huh. It's that pyrogenic thing. You were on it, punch yourself. To know him personally, to hear that story, Clinton tells that story really good. Like it's really funny. Can you imagine that? Seventy odd year old and you're on an airplane to Poland, you think it's Tenerife. <laughs> that's a good funny story. Oh, because of that. Uh, but yeah, so all right then. Good stuff, Russ. Um, yeah, tell us uh, what's coming up then on the channel and how people can find you. And that before we let you go, uh, you can find me on just Porky's Corner YouTube. There, there is an Instagram account. I think it's Porky's Corner underscore one. I don't run that. Uh, kid called Craig runs that, and Simon Thomason runs the Facebook. But I, I don't have any passwords or anything to do with that. I just do Porky's Corner YouTube, and that's enough for my little pea brain head. We all the all the lovely little text messages and emails that I get and phone calls on a daily basis. But that, that's that's enough for me, Steve. But I hope you lads have had a good laugh tonight. I like to bring a bit of uh, banter to it. Uh, give Andy Patterson my best and all the rest of you. You all give your time up every Sunday and it's nice when people can donate a few quid to you, I think. Well there's no money but is it, Steve? No, people no. think it's flooded with money, but it isn't. So good luck to you all. All right. Here, Russ, just finally, a few of the boys are asking if your kids ever got those McDonald's cookies. No, they didn't. And I, I want them on diets because eight and nine, they're nearly nine, my twins. All they want is iPads and biscuits from McDonald's. They don't do they don't do exercises, do they? And all they want to do is sit in the bedroom with an iPad. They don't go conquering, golf, bowling, walking with dog, football, park, and old kids. So I'm trying to get them on healthy. They're sat downstairs now with their arms folded because I've given both some fruit. It's like I've given uh, poison or something. So no, they didn't get the biscuits that day. And I'm hoping not, not to give them biscuits like I used to do. But you can't win, can you, as a parent? Difficult, difficult job. Very difficult, very difficult, Stephen, very difficult. Thank so. you, Russ. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Take care. All, all the best to you and your lads. Good show. Keep it up. Cheers. All the best. Cheers, Russ. Bye. 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 That's Porky Russ, everybody. That was fucking intense. <laughs> <laughs> Should have told him your story about Utah, Matty. Yeah, he might have enjoyed that one. Ah, just as uh, we're about to move on, we might have another guest with us straight away, flying on. Ames, are you there, sir? 
I'm here. I'm here. I'm feeling like a, a bit of a step down from the last uh, <laughs> guest here. But I'm also feeling a little bit like um, running on a little bit of lack of sleep. So I'm feeling like Demetrius Andrade. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Ready, 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 ready. I heard you were sleeping well, ringside last night waiting for Joe Joyce to start. No, I was, you know what? Um, it was actually a little bit more enjoyable than um, maybe what was seen on the the presentation, as it were. Being live, it's obviously a lot more different than when you're watching it back on a TV at home. So I was actually uh, quite enjoying the action for what it was worth. Excellent. Then give us the lowdown on the main event. What did you think of uh, Joyce against Taka Mames? You know when <laughs> you know when you watch a fighter on TV. And then you go to see him live uh-huh. and you get to see like the little things that they do in the ring um, that the camera or the camera angles don't quite capture. Yes. Yeah. There's none of that with Joe Joyce, <laughs> at, least <on> this, <laughs> at least on this occasion. You get what you see from Joe from TV to live. That's not a good or bad thing. That's just how it was for my eye. Takam, he couldn't miss early at all. Couldn't miss. I don't know if that, and I don't know if it came through on the TV, but you could really hear the oohs and the ahs, like from the first punch that Takam threw that landed on Joe, like from the crowd. And I think maybe the sound kind of travelled up in the SSC arena, so it might not have came through early. I think it did come through as the fight came on. Um, but you know that a fella's taking a big shot when you draw those noises from the crowd. Um, Joe couldn't establish the jab early and. I think that's due to the size difference between the two of them. And the fact that Takam, he also makes himself smaller by just like dipping a little bit. And that created for an awkward opponent for Joe. Um, So he wasn't able to control him with a jab. And because the jab uh, was had to be low to kind of match Takam's size, the hand was consequently lowered. So the overhand shot from Takam was always there. Joyce did adapt a bit by catching some on the shoulder. Um, and I managed to, you know, but the thing is, you can't take those those type of shots. And I think you guys have picked up on it. I'm sure the people who watched it on TV have picked up on it. Uh, I spoke to, managed to catch up with Josh Taylor and Ben Davison after the fight, and they said the same sort of thing. You can't take those type of shots. In the heavyweight division, you just can't take those types of shots throughout your career. Um, especially if you're looking to get world titles and those world titles are occupied by Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury to a less extent with the punch power but you know previously Deontay Wilder Usyk with his accuracy as he comes up from the cruiserweight division trying to capture a title um you can't take those shots from you know especially like your AJ's you're gonna you're gonna get found wanting at some point and he brought up you know that you like to see more parrying or head movement from Joe. And I think there was a little bit more of that, the powering and blocking from what I remember in the fight with Dubois off the top of my head. And I think that's because Joyce chose to deal with Dubois and Takam differently. I think Joe just thought he was going to walk through Takam. And I think that's what it was. So he just kind of negated the need to block and just thought he was going to get rid of him. And I mean, on the stoppage for me, I'm sure you'll, you want to know my thoughts on that. Like for me, it was premature. I thought that Takam was slipping. He was in the whirlwind for sure. Joyce had him caught. Joyce had him on the hook. And Takam sort of got off it. 
uh, and then Joyce got him on again. Uh, and I, but I don't feel like it was like an egregious stoppage early, probably. And Takan can feel aggrieved. Uh, he thought he could continue. And Joe should feel aggrieved as well because he, for me, was on his way to getting a knockout, like a proper clean knockout. Because Takan threw his best punches. Joyce came through, took it, kept coming forward. The question was what would happen when Joyce landed on Takam? And we saw what, what the, the answer to that question. He had him in trouble. And for my money, Joyce would have gone on to stop him maybe 30 seconds later, maybe a round or two later, but it would have come. We said, uh, I was mentioning to the boys actually that we were having a conversation on Friday night and going through all the different names and just how difficult it is to find him a placeholder opponent to keep things moving, keep things ticking while Joyce, before Joyce can get that big opportunity. Frank said he was going to be back in October. Was there any talk backstage or anything or any buzz around of potential opponents or which avenue they might look at? No, I didn't hear anything at all. Um, we obviously, again, we spoke about it, didn't we, earlier in the week? Um, for me, there's there's a few options. There's the likes of your placeholder sort of things that you're saying. Do how passes of, of the world? Can they bring them over? Chisora, I think, um, said it in one of the interviews I saw. I can't remember which in, interview it was that I saw briefly. Uh, otherwise, I'd, I'd mention it so people can go check it out. But he was like, um, I think someone asked him, uh, yeah, would you like to face Joe Joyce? And he was just like, Frank can't afford me. <laughs> so a great fight that would be in the offing, but I don't think that that's in the offing because of that. The, the finances aren't there. Um, I mentioned Kuzmin um, to you on Friday, and I forgot that they fought in the amateurs, didn't they? And Joyce, uh, Joyce was stopped by Kuzmin. So that there's a little bit of a thread of interest that can be weaved whilst mm-hmm. keeping Joyce busy, uh, whilst the higher up the food chain clears up with the titles and that situation becomes more evident with what's happening there. Uh, but Joyce has to wait. He, he's, he's in limbo like everyone else is who's in that sort of position. You have to see what's happening up top. That clears. If we're going to get an undisputed fight or not, if if that doesn't happen, do things vacate and then you get a fight against someone else. But yeah, someone of the Kuzmin Ilk or the other fight that's in the offing as well, it's on their doorstep. Uh, Dubois-Joyce too. You know, um, Frank Frank has kind of gone the route of rematching Yard and Arthur. Yard being the favourite in that fight, you it would seem anyway from the outside looking in um, at the promotion, found himself on the losing end. Um, I think the try to get Arthur in a position um, for a title shot doesn't seem like it happened and they're looking to go through, as it seems, for a rematch. So I think they'll probably look to do the same sort of thing after maybe... Joyce and Dubois have another one and then um, they take on each other potentially or uh, um, Frank will kind of just keep them separate and keep the two assets uh, away from each other so neither of them suffer a loss to one of his own but those are a couple of the options that I see for um, Joe Joyce most likely I think will get the placeholder fight like a Kuzmin or a Duhalpas or any one of that sort of ilk because who really, like Andy said, who really are you going to get in? Who who can yeah. you get in? Well, the options are slim, aren't they, I suppose? As mm. for Takam, um, not that we're too fussed on him, but he's 40 years old now. One of the guys mentioned earlier that he's probably becoming a bit of a five or six round fighter. He was starting to tire. He's had a lot of hard fights well into the 40s now. Is he starting to slip over Takam now? Maybe a few more fights at this level and he'll really be dead on the downward slide? 
I don't know. I thought he had. I thought he looked like he had uh, enough left in the tank to cause issues for fighters like Joe Joyce who are coming up to trying to grab a title. Uh, yeah, he's forty years old, but as you know better than I do, you guys all know better than I do. The heavyweights tend to go on um, for as long as they possibly can. Stick him in with Dubois. That's a good fight for Daniel Dubois. I know he's might be looking to get the. Uh, fight with uh, Trevor Bryan or whatever was going on in that situation. WBA has like what six sort of title holders in that um, in their rankings. But there's room for Carlos Takem to come back and fight on the Queensby Promotions uh, bill again against Daniel Dubois. No, I think um, I think Takem's Takem's crafty enough. He knows that he knows how to protect himself. Like I thought he was uh, doing. Um, Again, stoppage a little bit early, but no, I think um, I'd wa- I'd watch Takama again. I, I've I've got no qualms with like there's there's no it's not it's not one of those things where I want to see him kind of end it because he's sort of at his tether. I think there's a lot more to Takama would be a good fight for Huey Fury. Chris Butler says, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. You can see him those those sort of people again those sort of people that are waiting at the um at the top for their opportunity. Yeah, just Takam could do a merry-go-round and kind of do like a little retirement tour, couldn't he? <laughs> and maybe pick up a win if he could. Um, yeah, pick up his retirement package as well with that. No, there's pl- plenty left in tank for, uh, tank for Takam. I'd love to see him again. I know you're running on fumes here. So I'm not, well, uh, I suppose so, but I just, I kind of think like one of the guys said, he is... He's real game, but I do think he is that kind of five or six round fighter. Now I've got nothing really to back that up, but I just think he's he's on the slide. But I wouldn't be averse to him going in against someone like a Dubois. But what you mentioned earlier about Dubois Joyce rematch, I think that'd be a really dangerous thing. I don't think they would do that because, as Des said in the chat, if you had Joyce doing that same job on Dubois again, stopping him, outboxing him. Dubois suddenly looks really fragile and one dimensional, and he's damaged mm. goods. He's possibly done, I would say. Yeah, no, you're right there, but um. And Frank doesn't have the hesitation to um, put his fighters in uh, against some of his own. But yeah, I suppose that I suppose you're right in that sense. He's signed him onto a long-term sort of deal. And yeah, uh, if he does come up on the end of another bad defeat, a bad injury as well, um, maybe, yeah, maybe it'd been too soon as well because it's uh, what only a couple of fights ago. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Joyce versus Dubois too uh, isn't the route to go. But it's it's something they can do. Like you're talking about bringing people in and paying for that when there's something on the doorstep. It's something that's probably got to be ex- explored at least, and um, you know then shut down. Um, but yeah, you're probably right then. Okay, let's go on to the undercard then, uh, one by one. Uh, first of all, give us a bit of who is it? Hamza Shiraz against Mister Guria. Uh, did you like what you saw from Shiraz? He got the job done pretty impressively against the uh, the light punching jovial Spaniard. Yeah, he, he didn't offer much, did he, Steve? No, <laughs> that's fair to no. say. Yeah, um, but you got to get the job done. I mean, this is a uh, Hamza Shiraz is a, a fighter who's for a young. Young guy, he's made a him and his management team have made a mature move to kind of take him out of his comfort zone and get him the experiences abroad in America. Uh, what with the Ten Goose Gym going over to Wildcard and having sparring sessions over there, he might as well bring in uh, a referee and some judges the way that they they spar over over there. Um, proper learning sort of 
environments for someone wanting to climb the ladder in the sport. Um, I thought he looked really good. And outside of Joyce, he, he's got a lot of fans. He brought the biggest noise from the crowd that I heard outside of the, the main event, which is a, it's a great look for, for him. And one that was certainly have caught the ear of Frank Warren, who they like him a lot, don't they? At Queensbury promotions. He, he was on, um, one of the pro he gets out regularly and he was on one of the promos of like the next gen. Um, so the fighters that Queensbury promotions are looking to kind of put their flag on and push further Dennis McCann, Hamza Shiraz, David Adelaide, uh, Denzel Bentley. I know Denzel Bentley is uh, coming off a loss now to Felix Cash, but they've put a lot of stock in those fighters to be the fighters that kind of carry the promotion going forward. Um, watching him in the flesh, I've seen him twice. I saw him once in Birmingham against Ryan Kelly. A uh, good opponent, Ryan Kelly, and I mm -hmm. thought he came forward. Um, he had a, he faced a bit of some problems against Ryan, and he adapted. Um, and then he eventually got the stoppage. I think this time round, you know, he's, he's he said in the lead up, you know, I've been training with Ricky Funes. I've only been, I've only been there for four months. You're going to see improvements. You're not going to see a drastic change, uh, but you'll see improvements, and I'll keep improving. The best thing I saw uh, from Hamza, if you just watch the highlights of his fights previously, he kind of does the same sort of thing throughout however long the fight lasts and didn't really vary up. He has a favorite combination, which was like a jab, a right hand, left hook to the body, and he plays that on repeat to great success, but it sort of looked like it was predictable. This time around, he varied it up, tried different things out, and he put everything behind the jab. Um, and he doesn't... I don't think he telegraphs a lot either. He's, I think he's a fighter who, for me, looks like he's very hard to read. You can't really see what he's about to throw and what he's about uh -huh. to do. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed from watching Hamza. Yeah, sure, the opponent was very was very limited. Uh, but they've got, I think, high ambitions for him. He's, he's what now mandated to fight Anthony Fowler for the British title. I don't think that's a sensible move uh, for now for Hamza. Um, I think Ham I think it'd be a great fight, uh, and I'm not picking one to win or lose, but it just doesn't make sense right now when you're kind of building him up and giving him those experiences. I don't think that's the right move just yet. Just I don't yet. think what they'll go for that. I don't think they'll go no. for that. No, what with the experiences that Anthony Fowler brings to the ring as well. But, I mean, Fowler's on, on to bigger and better things himself it seems or at least is looking to um so yeah i don't i don't think that's the the route they'll go but i really like the look of hamza shiraz uh, i'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him there's a there's an opportunity now with amir khan who's kind of the grip if it's not gone completely is going on flying the british pakistani or british asian flag that he kind of held for a number of years now. He might have another fight, he might not. And he's kind of been the, the number one um, for representation for us in the sport, uh, mm -hmm. getting the most focus. But there's an opportunity now with a, the current crop of British-Asian talent coming through for one of them or a number of them to grab that and get that support um, from the community there. Um, so yeah, and Hamza looks like he's leading the charge.
Yeah, well said. British Yemen flag I'm looking out for here. Uh, what about uh, Chris Jenkins? Just Yemen, Echo apparently. S- <laughs> Chris Jenkins against Echo Esserman. Um, we both picked Esserman. Maybe didn't give Jenkins so much credit as I should have on Friday night, but he battled through with a broken rib. It didn't end up getting the job done in the end. But Esserman, he could be a decent fighter at this level, one to look out for in the future as well. Friend of the pod, Echo Esserman and Absolutely. Chris Jenkins, yeah? Yep. No, um, yeah, not too much to say on this one. I was impressed by Echo Esman once again. It, it was cagey first, few rounds, but the body work edged it for me from Echo. He was also making a couple of little telling breakthroughs early, and he got a breakthrough with what turned out to be a broken rib uh, for Chris Jenkins. Uh, but broken rib or not, I think uh, the fight would have played out the same sort of way. Uh, you got a feel for Chris Jenkins. He's kind of had some... You know, he's had the cuts throughout his career. He's had like some losses on there. Like it's what it's now for someone like him. It's three years without uh, the taste of a victory. Which for like a thirty-two-year-old coming up, you've got to that must feel like double the amount of time um, out there. Um, so I'm not sure where it goes from here, really, Chris. Um, in terms of Echo Esserman, he's captured the, those titles. You had Casey Benjamin. Uh, beating Martin Harkin in a British title, title eliminator on the Mick Hennessy card recently in Coventry. Uh, you know, the one that you're slating me off for taking the picture with uh, uh, Sam Eggington with looking like <laughs> oh, hobos. Yeah, it was on that card. Um, so maybe Casey Benjamin gets in line um, to fight Echo Esmond for the British. Uh, maybe there's a final eliminator in after that. But yeah, he's a good fight. And we want to get him. He's now getting himself in that mix, doesn't he? With the British welterweight scene. You've got a good mix going on there. Uh, Michael McKinson, Connor Ben, uh, I know Chris Congo was recently defeated as well, but some good fighters there, Lewis Crocker, um, that he kind of puts himself in with there. But I don't know don't know where they're matching now. I think they'll look to go with international opponents coming forward with Echo um, because I don't, you don't see him kind of going in with one of them next, do you really? So maybe it's the likes of Casey Benjamin, maybe likes maybe it's the likes of someone internationally. But um, congratulations to Echo Westman capturing those titles last night. Well said. Congratulations for you as well, Ames, for coming on like the gentleman that you are. Where can everybody find you on the interwebs? You can find me behind a paywall on the Boxing Asylum Not House podcast Patreon. That's where you can find me. Coming real soon. Um, yeah, you can find me there. You can find me on. Um, Boxing News TV as well uh, on Instagram and Twitter and on YouTube. I've got my own YouTube channel and Instagram and Twitter at Take Aims, T-A-K-E-A-Y-M. So you want to make sure you're subscribed to Boxing News TV as well in the short term and long term. But in the short term, we've filmed some content with the ever polarizing, ever controversial, ever interesting time booth. We've got some more stuff coming along the way. Can't wait to bring the, that content to people's eyes like i suppose um you know in the coronavirus period where um access has been restricted because of that it, it allows you to kind of in that restricted access come out with a bit more creativity with doing some sort of things so we've uh, we've taken boxing content to places it's never been uh before and um, i'm really looking forward to all of you seeing that and uh letting to women, me know eh? what... say again to women eh May, i just got <laughs> 
Mate, I just got a call from uh, the Utah uh, police force asking uh, if I know about a uh, Mr. DiGiornardo. What, what, what's going on there? Yeah, they, got, they got some crazy laws out there, man. But you know me, I'm a rebel. You know, spit in the face of authority, Kapoo. Uh, oh, I'm, glad, you. I'm glad you got your um, old fashioned in the end. Thank you. Thank you. And I just, uh, man, there's just too many damn laws. That's all I have to say. There's too many damn laws. <laughs> right. Let's let this fella go and have a rest. Ames, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it as always. Anytime, Steve. Thank you so much. All the best now. Bye-bye. Take Ames there. Bringing boxing to places he's never been before, like the Fight Zone car park coming soon, isn't it? In Ham- Hamilton, Andy, the, the Fight Zone car park is being opened up soon in Scotland, uh, if yeah. sources are to be believed. Yeah, well, uh, I've seen it on box. I don't know if it's actually inside the park itself or actually outside in the car park, which is, is quite a tight area, so I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be on the pitch. But I don't know if it's still going ahead, but that was a couple of weeks ago I read that. Actually. So I then I spring in shows apparently up to, up to Hamilton. <laughs> I, I just want to mention that once again, Boxing Asylum are trendsetters in the world of boxing because uh, one of our originators, uh, Tommy Allen, the guru, uh, he's been fighting in car parks for over 15, maybe 20 years. Yeah, uh, they're they're fan just so catching far up. Far. He's a big fan of so far, as Tommy, you see? <laughs> Oh my god, good old Tommy. Right. Maybe get him back it's, on again. It's, it's take aim says hashtag game changed. Hashtag games changed. Exactly. No fair play to Ames. He was working all day today after being at the show last night, and he comes on and gives his time to the asylum. Just before we move on to next week's stuff, then Andy, we were mentioning this off air earlier on. Murat Gassiev getting a fourth round stoppage win over Michael Vallish and Mikhail Aloyan on the undercard, which is prime belly of the week material later, um, with a couple of very interesting belts floating about a super flyweight against Machanja Johanna. Did you get any value out of this Russian card on Thursday evening? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'd put Frank Warren to shame considering how long it takes between fights and get main events on. Christ, it ran for about it's close to seven hours, I think, actually. <laughs> uh, I think it started, it started roughly around about, I want to say mid-afternoon, probably two, three o'clock, and I'm still waiting for the main event to happen like like the back of ten or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. And it's got live fucking, oh, it was just uh, crazy. Um, yeah, but Gaza, it was just, uh, how can I put it, really? He kind of like slight walked through most of that fight, I think, you know. And um, I think at one point, Wallace, you know, he got a wee bit confident about it, started kind of leading the charge, stepped forward a wee bit. And then, you know, as you think, it's all right, okay, he's getting the confidence up here. He's gonna, he can maybe just keep this going, he's going to give guys have problems. And then he just turns the tide with a big right hand, and the big man just could he take it? And that was it, game over. But um, based, based off it, I mean, all I can say is, look, you know, you're only good as your last fight, and that was his last fight. To be honest with you, I think he has done as some sort of kind of world champion contender or world title contender, whatever you want to put it. He may get eliminated at some point, but heavyweight, I think this is a guy who maybe needs to go into bridger weight if it's even possible. But um, maybe just the, the opposition, maybe he just needs to get something to get the juices going. But he's an activity. He's that people to. go to that fucking weight division. Yeah, well, I know what you're saying. I, 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 it's like it doesn't exist. It's fucking well, stupid. It is stupid. I think he had, he's had problems with his injuries and that as well. Possibly some issues with, you know, uh, Events getting cancelled and that, but the last two opponents are not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And they see him getting pressed back a wee bit, you know, for, for a, a round or so in that fight, you know, and considering how he kind of went about it, it doesn't bode well for me. So, um, so I need to see him step up kind of heavyweight class and see how he's going to fare in that. But to me, it's, it's a guy who you know, I, I saw it the night he fought, Usyk, Usyk took him mentally. 
took him, just took him apart. Every play by play, just you know, they had no answer for it. And maybe he just knows himself that he's just treading water. I don't know what it is, but um, to me at least, he's 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 a long, long, long way off of challenging for titles at heavyweight. Ken, if it, you said it last week, mate, you know there was no way. You know, I, I think you said that like you know he's beaten you know Seferi in one round, right? That's that was garbage. You know he threw one punch, knocked the guy out. That was it. But there's just nothing there at all. Absolutely nothing that makes you want to see guys ever again. To be honest with you, that's, it. that's all you can really say. But yeah, said so that last week. Gassiev looks like he's done. The boys in the chat seem to be agreeing as well. He looked out of shape. Aren't we all a bit out of shape these days? I was mentioning the uh, Scottish the Scottish card earlier. Uh, Nathaniel Collins going in against Felix Williams for the Commonwealth title. It's definitely a level up from what they've been putting on recently. Uh, Dean Sutherland as well going in for some kind of WBO welterweight title. And Billy Stewart is undefeated. So Dennis uh, taking things up a notch there. What about this, Matty? Next Saturday evening in the Prudential Centre, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Tom Brown for the PBC on Fox. We love a bit of uh, PBC here. Michael Polite Coffee at heavyweight going in against perennial gatekeeper Gerald Washington. James Martin on the undercard against Vitel Monnicki Jr., who has now left Joe Goosen after his defeat. And Joey Spencer, one of the PBC prospects, 12 0, going in against Dan Carpensi. Decent stuff from Fox here. Polite Coffee, undefeated heavyweight. What does he need to do against Gerald Washington to impress you, Matty? Knock him out. But I, I, I like Coffee when I saw him. He, uh, he throws some uh, nice tight punches, uh, he, but I, I think the the key is going to see if he uh, is uh, capable of getting inside of a larger man's jab to be able to get uh, to get to those punches. Uh, and we shall see. I mean, Washington doesn't have particularly great footwork; doesn't have a particularly fantastic jab, but he's long and lanky. Um, so we'll see, but I, I like coffee. I really do. Um, and, and I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see as he develops and, uh, PBC does have a really good roster of heavyweights and they have some interesting guys who are coming up. So, um, just, just look for more exceptional heavyweight boxing brought to you by, uh, the one, the only Al Heyman and PBC. Cause, uh, yeah, they are, uh, they're killing it as far as new heavyweight talent goes. Um, Melnicki, he's young, man. We got to remember he's like 18 or 19, but that was disappointing to see the way that he looked in his last outing. I don't know that a change in promoters is going to do anything. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he uh, that was a big confidence shake for him the last one, but yeah, the uh, the main event that could be that could be a, a, a interesting scrap for sure forward to that one. I'm trying to think if I've seen Coffee fight before. I'm pretty sure I saw him against Luis Pena. That was on the Jamal James undercard, and he beat Damani Rock, who was 17-0. and 0. Let's have a look what undercard that was on. Oh, that was on the Plant Truax undercard. I'm pretty sure I saw that one as well. Uh, Rancis Barthelemy, yeah. That, that guy, Rock, was he no an amateur? I think he beats one of the top heavyweights as an amateur. I can't remember who it was. Did she mention anything? It's the name that stands out, that Damani Rock. I'm sure he was an okay. amateur. He's got an impressive beard anyway, Andy, if you look at his box rec. Uh, I'm looking, looking down his amateur record, don't see any names necessarily that speak out. He beat Marat Kerim Karnov, who was Russian. I'm not sure now, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, Coffee knocked out Rock in the last fight, so we'll look forward to that. Oh, his own cards on next week. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I was going to ask Rob about the Hassan Maquinio. Julius and Dongo fight, but we haven't heard from Rob just yet, so we'll we'll hold on and see if we can find him. 
Uh, any any updates on Damani Rock, Andy? Or should we move on? Let's move on, mate. I couldn't see anything myself. I'm just double checking. No, yeah, can't see anything. Uh, on to the zone then next weekend. Matching fight camp. Game changed. Uh, Campbell Hatton on the undercard alongside Sandy Ryan. Uh, Avni Yildirim going in a ten rounder, quite bizarrely against Jack Cullen. Anthony Fowler against Roberto Garcia. Tommy McCarthy against Chris Billum Smith. Bit of a grudge match. Kanzu against Lee Wood. Conor Ben against Adrian Granados. I'm not going to go as far as say it's game changed. It's okay. It's decent Saturday night fair. Uh, five fights of relative interest. How are you seeing it, Under? Um, am I seeing it? I'll be watching it on a stream, possibly, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, it's just your standard Sky fair, I think. Possibly they've been pay-per-view, possibly, I would think. Um, Lee Woods, obviously, my big opportunity. And uh, Kanzu, he's got his limitations, but he's a big guy. Throws a lot of punches. Will be half the shift, but he uh, doesn't really got that knockout punch, has he? So um, it's a big opportunity for Lee Wood, as I say. Um, you know, I don't know if it's winnable for me, boys, but it is, you know, a big opportunity because he's getting pulled into like top 15, I think it is, in the rankings for this one. Ben against Granos, I think he's possibly getting, getting Granos at the, at the right stage in his career. You know, he's, he's fought you know, some good names in the past, just kind of get a, just kind of get a big win over over a line, and that's where he will serve up some sort of opposition for, for Ben, I would imagine. If he stops him, you could say it's a wee bit of a statement than that, but then you would need to say, well, listen, Granados just doesn't need to do it against the supposed top half, and maybe he's on the slide of Ben stopping him and that. Uh, it's probably a step in the right direction for Ben as well. Keep He's keeping active, and that's the main thing. Uh, McCarthy against Bill Smith might be okay. Um, European, Commonwealth, British uh, cruiserweight belts on the line there. Uh, Fowler against Garcia. Not really got much. That's a Spanish guy, I'm sure. Eh? I think he's been like ex European champ. And uh, Yildirim against Colin. I, I actually think Garcia is Polish, Andy. Am <laughs> I shaking the Paul one up here? No, he's. Uh... <laughs> He's winding you up like Porky Russ's story yeah. about going to Warsaw instead of Tenerife. That <laughs> no, because there was there is a, there's a Robert Garcia who's also Spanish. No, I'm, 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 I'm fucking with you. It was that was a joke. I, I don't reckon there's many Garcias living in Warsaw. Uh, well, you never know, mate. We're very diverse. Uh, what we're getting these days, you know. Uh, aye, so uh, what were we? Yildirim. Um, Colin was a bit of a weird one. I was actually checking this one out last night. I see Yildirim's no longer actually uh, ranked with the BBC. So they fucked him off pretty quick after Canelo kind of feeded on that, uh, on that carcass and that. So um, it's obviously Eddie's got a, you know, either an option or he's got a promise to kind of keep keep him as part of that that contract against uh, against Canelo. But again, it's just it's just it's just general sky kind of feeling that you either go actually in that. It's not a game change type card. Um, there's nothing really that can like, get the header on fire. Not worth it, eight hundred eight hundred pounds anyway. Put it that way, it's going to get you bust in for. Crepes and some champagne, sat kind of ringside, whatever you want to see in Eddie's front garden, and that sit behind his geraniums. I don't know, but um, it's no worth 800 quid, shall we say. And uh, anybody's paying for it, you know, it's up to you guys who you want to spend your cash on. But as I say, it'll be team stream for me. I'm no subscribing to the zone. I've just cancelled all my other subscriptions, and that I'm getting fucking fed up of watching. Well, I haven't watched sports. I mean, this, we can talk about the Olympics a wee bit here as well, actually, because. Some people will probably be listening to that who's had problems trying to watch the Olympics and that. Not so much about it being early on in the morning, but you kind of go and watch it anywhere, like say, like the BBC iPlayer consistently right through the day. 
Right, you haven't got Eurosport and it was jumping between BBC and all that type of thing. So that, that was pissing me off. And they have like see the sports that you watch boxing me spread over so many networks and that I took a decision to say, look, I'm cancelling everything, I'm fucking sick of it. Because I just I'm I'm refusing it's not that I can't afford it, I'm just refusing to pay for everything. It's just a load of shite. So um and this this isn't going to make me want to fight regardless <laughs> one day in any month. Sorry, you fucking it's just hilarious. You're you're terribly inconvenienced. This brought to you by a globe where billions live on less than a dollar a day. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I do not give a fuck. Right? My heart goes out to them as long as they get food in their bellies. I don't care. Right? As long as you know they're happy, I'm happy. Right? In my position, I ain't fucking paying for anything anymore. This is just shit. My it says Sky, uh, BT Sport. The zone now, right? But you have um, a Premier probably getting involved at some point. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to see like the, the way the football is going just now getting spread over Amazon, Netflix. You know, Sky's basically popped up with the football at, at this point. I mean, where's you know, the Sky cards? Are they, they're not putting anything on. Uh, it's going to be any decent. It's going to, going to rival but Eddie and that's put on just now and that, that either. But even Eddie's not setting the header on fire. You know, you had Flash Barrett putting one of his shows on there last night as well. Uh, one of the kind of low-key low sh- uh, shows that outside Dennis Hobson. We've seen Barrett put on a show for a while, actually. Um, yeah, Eddie's not changing any game with this. And uh, all he's doing is just changing the venue. It's all it is. It's in his fucking back garden. But um, other than that, mate, maybe a wee bit of rant, maybe whatever it is. But uh, there's nothing really here that's going to suggest to me is, yeah, I'll go to sit and watch it. I'll stream it and that'll be it. And uh, I'll be on here next week, uh, probably moaning about something else. But uh, no, this isn't a, this isn't a game change for anybody, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can't remember the exact politics of Warrington against Can Zoo, but it always seemed to me like Warrington and Zoo would be the natural fight to make. Warrington ended up dropping the IBF, and as I, said, I can't remember exactly what the real reasons were or why that fight didn't happen. But if they can get Lee Wood in that opportunity, it, it seems a bit strange they couldn't get Zoo over to to fight against Warrington. But uh, Granados is a decent enough test, I think, for Ben. He's tough. He's had a few fights where he's been a bit, little bit unlucky to come out on the wrong end of a decision. If Ben gets rid of him the way he did Samuel Vargas, it will be some statement because Granados is tough as nails. I know Danny Garcia knocked him out, but Garcia's different level, different puncher. Uh, Tommy McCarthy, Chris Burnham-Smith, that's a good that's a good fight, actually. European title, Commonwealth, vacant British as well. Um, Tommy's got the skills. Billum Smith, good fighter as well. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that one. And Anthony Fowler against Roberto Garcia. I'm just clicking on him now. Uh, from Texas, is he the guy who fought Martin Murray a few one. years ago? I no, no. One, no, I, I no. He, I think he's fought Margarito. Pretty sure he fought Martin Murray. That's all. Yeah, he did. He fought Martin yeah. Murray back in 2018. Liam Smith in 2019. Oh, that's not as good than that one, I suppose. But. I don't know where, what they're going to do with Fowler. And Yildirim Cullen, as I said, is a bit of a strange one. The WBC have finally got rid of him. So, what How do you think, Massey? Sorry. Fowler's with Shane these days, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, no, you're okay. I was just going to ask Matty, see if he had any opinions, if he was going to watch it on zone stateside. I, I pay for the subscription. You're damn right I'll be watching it. I, uh, I, There's pierce fuckers in China earning a dollar a day, eh? And you're paying I, for subscription. I, unlike others, appreciate the oppor- the options which capitalism has provided to me, and I am a glad uh, payer in that system because I want this content to continue. 
You're leeching off of me, Andy, you fucking socialist bitch. <laughs> I love it, man. You love uh, it. <laughs> so I, I actually, there's a few, there's, I think, I think the, uh, the Leewood Kanzu fight is, is good. And I really, I, I, I like Adrian Granados. You wonder if it's the guy that fought Robert Easter or if it was the guy who used to give people fits earlier in his career. Um, you know, sometimes you just hit a mental slump, especially, you know, when you're a gatekeeper kind of guy, but he's tricky, you know, at, at his best, he's really tricky. He, he gets in there and he's a rough fighter and he makes it awkward. Uh, he, you know, he can definitely spoil you. Um, so you, you got to keep him at the end of your punches. Uh, if, if he is, uh, close to what he once was because yeah, Granados will give you a, a tough fight. Um, if, if he is in any way, shape or form close to what he was, this would be one where I'd kind of be looking at like, uh, what's the over under on rounds possibly on that one, thinking it could be a distance fight. Um, you know, uh, God dare I say, maybe, you know, if he puts on a heck of a performance and wins eight rounds, he might walk out of there with a draw. Um, so, uh, but it, it's a decent card. It's not bad. Um, I, I, I thought I saw that Ebony Bridges is against T TBA on there too. And if that's true, hopefully Gareth has his, uh, his lotion handy. See the uh, Phoenix, mate? You see the fucking Phoenix? Rise, <laughs> rise, baby, rise. So, um, yeah, it's, it's honestly not a bad, it's, it's not a bad card. It's just, uh, it's, it's very disappointing kind of right now. It, it, we're just kind of in a, in a little bit of a lull. Like I, I really wanted to see the, uh, Wilder Fury, uh, uh, third fight you know yesterday and we didn't get to see it so it's just yeah it's just kind of a bummer time right now but uh good stuff's on the way certainly is we'll be here next week as andy says to preview it and moan about it and maybe other things as well if you join us for episode 434 you're listening to the boxing asylum nutters podcast episode 433 steve's here that's me andy and matty uh, no sign of aussie this week and rob was going to come on but maybe he has Better things to do. The people in the chat certainly have nothing better to do. They're hanging around with us, all 12,753 of them. Don't forget to hit the like, uh, subscribe, notification, all that other shite if you want. Or hit the dislike if you think we're crap. Before we go on to Bellew of the Weeks, which is always a good laugh, let's talk about the big fight that was announced this week, which we kind of expected, uh, September the 25th in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Matty. AJ against Usyk. You've already let the cat out of the bag earlier on by saying that you felt Usyk didn't have any chance. Would you care to elaborate on this prediction, Matthew? I just think that size does matter in the heavyweight division and that Usyk has slowed down enough where I don't, I don't believe that he's going to be able to avoid um, what Joshua has. I, and I think that in close, he'll do a little bit of vladding him, uh, you know, hold, uh, tire him out. I, I just, man, I just feel like this is Joshua stoppage somewhere out after the seventh all the way. I just, don't think Usyk has the size, especially when you look at the way Chisora was able to rough him up at times, you know, and that's what version of Del Boy are we looking at? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it'll be interesting. I think he'll do some good boxing in the first few rounds, but the size and the power is going to tire on him. It's just one of those things. So, yeah, Joshua KO sometime after the seventh. I agree, the power, and it is going to be interesting to see how he takes the shot, Matty, but I'm not so sure about the size, whether it's not like we're looking at Roy Jones moving up to fight John Ruiz again. I, he's a big boy, Usyk. Yeah, but he's he's big maybe and like slightly if you're looking like height, but he's not 
broad. You know, I, I think that's a different thing. You can be tall, but you can still be small at the same time. There we are. Uh, Andy, what are you thinking? I, I had a chat with Ames about this on Friday night as well. I think that Usyk has the potential to give AJ a few problems. There, there are interesting points that lie in the fact that how will he take the shot? What's he going to be like later on when AJ's leaning on him and lying on him. But then AJ himself does seem to have little breaks during the middle and ends up gassing out. He gets his second wind later on. If Usyk can put the rounds in the bag, get the jab going, get the movement going, I think it could be particularly interesting. How do you, how do you see it? Um, depends how quick Usyk actually starts as well. I think one of the things that Usyk can do is probably you know give away some of the early rounds. I just think anything close, uh, anything slow will probably suit Joshua and he'll probably get annoyed on most rounds. Um, I can see Usyk winning the fight but not getting the decision. Um, he'll do a lot of movement. I know he's bulked up a fair bit as well. So again, didn't see how how much how much he weighs. Well, that has a hampering effect on how he moves. But um, I think he'll give Joshua many problems. You know, Joshua loves to punch his straight lines. He's got good uppercut, good left hook. But uh, if um, usually can take, take his head off center, move it, which he usually does in that as well. Roll underneath, step to the side, use that footwork. He'll cause uh, Joshua untold problems. Um, elite southpaw as well. People forget this, and you just wonder if he can maybe step to the right. You know, just step outside the uh, Joshua's jab and time him with a left hand in the middle. Joshua's shown that he's not really got the strongest chin, um, and if something quick, you know what it's like, six inch punch, something quick, just something you just don't see coming, you might just drop him on his arse. You just never know. Um, that goes far to say use it can knock, uh, can knock him out. I, I, I think he could. Uh, again, it's all about, all about the kind of punch that technique and ability and speed. Uh, I think music could do it, but um, I just think he'll be too he'll be cagey, you know, very cagey. I think very early. Have a look at him, and then maybe try and kind of work from there to see what, what openings he can get. But uh, in no way can he allow Joshua to kind of like, especially the first four rounds. They, they're vital. He must he must try and get a share of those rounds because if it goes four, five, six, and he's he's chasing the fight. What you guys are saying, if he's not got the punch to turn the fight on its head uh, when he needs it, then you know it might be a problem. And you can see Joshua maybe kind of taking maybe a kind of a close but clear decision. Um, but I would no way say that Usyk say uh, you know you know I'm, uh, sorry, uh, you know, he's not got a chance in this fight. He clearly got a chance. He's an elite talent, always has been. Uh, probably an underrated puncher. Um, and we we'll just need to see how we, how, how that bolt's going to hold in that uh, as well. He, he's, he's injury problems in that as well, so hopefully he stays injury free. Same with Joshua in that as well. So I didn't want to hear any excuses. Um, and remember as well, people need to remember this. Eddie was the one that was talking about that Joshua may vacate the belt to avoid this fight about a year and a bit ago. They wouldn't really want to take this fight. Usyk's kind of forced it upon them. He said he wasn't taking any more step aside money. He wanted paid and he wanted his shot and he was wanting it now. Uh, and he was true to his word. When, the second that a Fury fight broke down, he was straight in there with his lawyers and said, I want the, the, my, my mandatory shot next. And he was true to his word, and he's got it. So, um, just need to see how it pans out. You know, it, it, Joshua could come out here, hit him with a shot, and that could be up. It's heavyweight box at the end of the day, but I think music uh, will need to be respected uh, by quite a few others, actually. But I'll say, again, as I say, I think Usyk's got it to win it, but... He's just not these judges score. If this goes a distance and it's anyway close, Joshua's getting the nod. I know. A lot of the boys in the chat are saying that as well. Des said this is AJ's hardest opponent, most technically gifted fighter he's fought. 
AJS slow feet and struggles coming forward now. I think Usyk wins. Quite a few of the boys are saying that as well. Shout out to John Dixon, old friend of mine. I haven't seen John in many, many, many years. I seriously think Usyk is a tricky fight for Josh. I would not surprise me if Usyk won. I agree, actually. I don't think the size disparity is going to be as big as what people think either. I think he's going to stand pretty, no, obviously not as tall as, as uh, Josh Shelby. He's going to give him, give him trouble. Yeah, you just wonder as well if they come into the clinch and that, how it's going, how it's going to work in there, you know. Um, I think that's where Josh was probably going to try and use the size, you know, use the free arm, maybe dig some shots underneath, a couple of sneaky shots behind the head and that, just try and wail on music and that. But I see the music's uh, manoeuvring and just kind of no staying still. Joshua, you, you imagine it punching fresh air, that's just going to drain you as well. And you can just you can imagine Josh being very very wary if that fight goes you know a few you know especially like the latter half and he's struggling to kind of try and pin music down he'll be trying to kind of conserve that gas tank but you can see it as well if music does uh, get hurt Josh was going to be over him to try and take him out of there as soon as possible and that's where music is going to be you know very cute try and roll the shots and just try and get Josh up maybe try and burn some gas and maybe try and take it late. Well, I've seen people in there mentioned someone mentioned. Uh... <clears throat> Jones, uh, Roy Jones and Ruiz and things like that. Like, no, I don't think people remember how fucking good Roy Jones was still before he came back down in weight, how good he was moving in and out, how quick he was landing one shot and getting under. It was the dude was ridiculous. Like Usyk is not fucking Roy Jones. And and Anthony Joshua is probably better than John Ruiz. Uh, Josh Ford says one thing I don't like about Usyk is only two fights against Witherspoon and Del Boy in nearly three years. I agree. That was the thing of his cruiserweight reign. It was constant and he was going on the road and he was very active. And the fact that he's been inactive and had injuries and he is bulking up as well in weight, will that maybe serve him or will it hinder him if he comes in over 220 or whatever it is? We, we just don't know. But I don't I don't think the size will be as obvious as people think. And it's I do always about Think about this, though. Remember... When uh, Eddie Chambers decided to go down to cruiserweight, yeah, and then uh, Tapiso and Chumo just fucking ate his lunch, yeah. Well, I remember, and Andy, I think you might remember this. We, um, I think we interviewed Peter Fury, and we talked to him after that, and he said that he thought it was a terrible idea for just for uh, Chambers to go down because he lost the element that he had against people fifty times bigger than him, and that was his speed. That was his speed. So if Usyk is bulking up, he could be losing the one attribute where if everything clicked well and he was able to keep range and keep his tank, that could actually win him the fight. So bulking up, I think, is probably the worst thing he could have done. Yeah, I, you, I agree. If you look at the chat, and I mean, there's people coming in here saying, "Look, listen, yeah, the size is going to be a big difference." You know, and the people are saying it's no, you know, they wouldn't be surprised if you usually catches them with a shot. You know, I mean, it's, it's clearly got people talking, and it's clearly a fight that people want to see. I'm glad it's happening. And uh, if it's got this much, much kind of debate going, and people are kind of split with opinions, and that then obviously it's, it's it's a fight that everybody needs to tune in, tune in to watch. And dare I say it, uh, it's probably one of the, one of the better fights in the heavyweight division, probably the best fight in the heavyweight division we're going to get this year. Uh, Rapping Rob Kelly has jumped on the call. Well, the biggest one, I should say. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Rob, how are you going? Well, what's the crack, Steve? Okay, well, man, we're talking a bit of AJ and Usyk here. What's your opinion, Rob? Well, I tell you, I, I was one of the ones who dismissed Usyk at heavyweight after his Del Boy performance, but with the date in question, get to the bookies now, get your money loaded on Usyk, because there's no fucking way on the night that I get married that is Joshua winning a fight. That's not happening. So Usyk is fucking heavy Sign your life away, mate. Sign the life away. 
Get down the fucking bookies. You heard it here first. Lord, fucking stick the fucking wife and kids and everything on Usyk. Because it's going to happen day two. The party celebration is going to be out of control. We might even get a post-fight pod. Who knows? Could be the live event if you want to sign up for a £725 booking fee. Um, it's not, in all seriousness, I think um, Usyk, Usyk is all wrong for Joshua if he is what he's going to be at heavyweight, right? So what I mean by that is like Usyk is obviously trading off a reputation um, from cruiserweight and an impeccable uh, reputation of cruiserweight. A cruiserweight reign is probably only second to Evander Holyfield. So, like, that's not nothing, right? So, like, you know, you can talk, fellas throw away these cliches all the time and they have these catchphrases and that. And, you know, I suppose where's guilty of it is anybody else, but that's not nothing. Like, to be the second cruiser, best cruiserweight, probably widely regarded as the, from the boxing writers as the second best cruiserweight of all time, is no mean feat to be behind Evander Holyfield. And if he can bring a tenth of the cuteness um, and ring craft that Evander Holyfield brought with him up the up the up to the heavyweight ranks, then he's going to give AJ Kittens, Carlos Takam, of course, is a common denominator in that he fought last night against Joe Joyce, but he was giving AJ hell with his old-fashioned style of standing in front of him and just crouching in that. So I think Usyk is going to be very close, uh, very cute in this commitment first round. He didn't look good against Chisora, but Joshua don't fight like Chisora. So Joshua's not going to go out and try and put all his weight on on Usyk in the first few rounds. It's going to be a bit cagey, and that could be to his detriment. Now, having said that, I've no, I've no fucking issues if AJ goes out and he blasts Usyk out of it. It's not going to surprise me if he goes out there with four rounds and he just starts landing and takes him out. He's a smaller man, but anyone writing Usyk off, I think, is you write him off with your peril. I think he's going to have plenty of lateral movement. I think he's going to make AJ gas, and if you get him past that magic magic number of six rounds, anything can happen with AJ at any time. Because I wasn't Nostradamus when I said that years ago. You get him past six rounds, he could blow a gasket, and I think that'll be um, Usyk's strategy in the fight to try and maneuver him um, as cleverly as he can in the early rounds, and then take him into deep waters and try and drown him. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Glad I came up with that just there now. Um, ben English, that's good yeah. One. yeah that's good ben, ben English are speaking <laughs> never. <laughs> but, like, it could, you know, the game plan could go completely out the window for Rusik. It is Anthony Joshua. And Joshua's not a bad heavyweight. Give him credit. Give him credit where it's due. He's not a bad heavyweight. He's not. He's definitely not the best of all time, like I was saying. He's not the fucking second coming of Muhammad Ali, like they were portraying him. But he's not a bad heavyweight. He's, he's very good. So you could see him causing Usyk some some trouble with straight shots. Don't think Usyk is going to go for that uppercut. Um, would echo what Andy said about seeing it being interesting on the inside because I don't think Joshua can really fight on the inside. I think that uppercut masks a lot of stuff. Um, so we'll see what he's like, and we'll we'll, we'll Usyk have moments in the fight where he back Joshua up as well. We'll have to wait and see. But this is a fucking great fight, by the way. You know, I know we got the Delta kind of a shit card in twenty. We've been getting Delta shit card in the world basically with COVID and the. Huh, and, you said uh, Delta. Uh, uh, yeah, oh shit, yeah, sorry. Um, what's the next fucking Greek? Uh, let's, not, let's not even get into it. Um, Greek variants are the best. Uh, what was I going to say to you? <laughs> fucking, I, think that, um, I think that we've been dealt a shit fucking hand of it with, with COVID, and especially the heavyweight division is a kind of a microcosm of that. Nobody gives a fucking fuck about Wilder Fury 3. That's why they haven't sold tickets, and Tyson Fury is allegedly living a good life. And catching COVID while he's out celebrating with his fans in Las Vegas. So something's amiss there. The, the money's not there post-pandemic in a lot of these perceived big fights. So we're getting dealt the shitty end of the stick as usual as hardcore fans. But 
Usyk Joshua is a really good fight, man. Really, really good fight. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Usyk beats Joshua. Look, before this fucking, before all the, ty- the, the talk of Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, anybody would have given Usyk a shot against Joshua. Any one of us on the panel would have said, legitimately, if that's the next fight to be made, it's not one to be overlooked. So I'm going to hang in there and give Usyk a shot, but I'd still favor Joshua to come through it. Boys have spoken. We will no doubt uh, come back to this fight and discuss it the closer we get towards. I say it's about, what is it now, August, September. Yeah, it's not too far away, actually. Looking forward to it. Yeah, a couple of months, exactly. On the zone. Okay, then, boys, let us move on to the Belly of the Weeks before we close up. Andy's here, Matty and Rob. Actually, before we go to Belly of the Weeks, Rob, did you get your opinion on Joe Joyce Takan? Did you have anything to add there? If not, we can move on. Anything, Rob, Joyce, Joyce Takan? Yeah, I, I kind of, kind of, kind of repeat myself from last week. I, I don't think the result changed anything. I mean, Takam is not a world beater. He's got a lovely style, by the way. He's got a lovely evasive stand in front of your style, old, kind of an old fashioned um, cruiserweight style, if you like. He's he's definitely got a good style. He's not going to threaten any of the top five heavyweights with a with a loss. Chisora knocked him out, so Joe Joyce was always going to stop him. I feel for a little bit, a little bit for Joe Joyce because as much pizzazz as they're trying to add to the Joe Joyce bandwagon. It just doesn't ever seem to take off. You can get Sam Jones to be the mouthpiece. You can grow out the cornrows. You know, you could do little poses in between. You can do the ring entrance and all, but people just don't really buy into Joe Joyce, man. He's nearly 40 years of age. Like, he's not going to appeal to a young crowd. Um, Unfortunately for him, I just feel like he's come at the wrong time. He's on BT Sport. People don't really put him in the mix with AJ fucking Fury and Joshua and you know, like I mentioned last week, it's not his fault. These fucking agents have been pissing around with the heavyweight division and basically holding it up three years with the shenanigans between the promoters, networks, and everything else involved. So, yeah, Josh is just a byproduct of that. Where do I want to see him go now? Probably Chisora, man, to be honest with you. Give Delboy another payday or Dillian White or somebody like that. But who's he going to fight? They're not on the same network. So, um, he's going to fight a BT Sport heavyweight next. Who could that be? Like, I don't know. Like, so. You know, basically, he's going to be holding up uh, the division with interim championships, gold championships, silver championships, whatever it may be. Um, he's not going to get his crack within the next two years, if, in my opinion, um, unless they mandate him or whatever, and somebody drops a version of a belt. But I don't. What I mean by that is, I don't think he's going to face either AJ or Fury or Wilder for that matter. So he's in the kind of grab a ticket and wait for a shot club with alongside Dillian White and a few others. So. As good as he is, very good chin, very good performance from him. Like he didn't, he didn't stop coming forward. He took shots from Takam. It was actually quite a decent, interesting little fight. But again, he's just in a bad position for his own career, isn't he? So not kind of seeing anything new from him beating, knocking out a guy like Kalas Takam, and it's not progressing his career anymore either. So um, good for him to get the win, but I don't think it's doing much for him. Well said, Rob. Hopefully a big fight will come soon for Joe Joyce. Let's get on to the belly of the weeks before we finish up. Episode 433, Rob's here, Matty, Andy and me, Steve. And our introduction video uh, this evening has come courtesy of rapping Rob Kelly. In fact, it's the main man himself, Devin Haney. Let's see what he's been up to over the weekend. Wait, wait, I ain't living this way. And like the third me go out. Take, bitch. What? Load up the drape. What else are they gonna play? 
It's having niggas won't take it, ayy. I'm having my way. Said out here having his way. Quay out here having his way. And like the third me go out, take what? Hey, yeah. Now that I'm picking it through, I just ain't fell in love cause I'm way too awake. And she tried fucking a rapper. Somebody Jesus bought Christ. Doge when it was a nickel. Why should you try to clear all that shit up after then, though, eh? <laughs> oh, for an Instagram video, too. What a dick. So, about the time, she she that film, uh, uh, what's her name again? One of Clint Eastwood. In the line of fire. Uh-huh. When he gets Renny Russo into bed, and then the phone goes, she's got to go back on duty. Clint Eastwood's lying there like, oh, man, I've got to put all that shit back on again. <laughs> the same thing there, clean up all that shit. Fucking hell. He looked like me if I ever got a loan out of the credit union. That's what he used to just come back in the sitting room, throw a tip <laughs> top off, throw me money up in the air. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Like, Eddie, like, this is Eddie's fault, by the way, for calling him the next Floyd Mayweather. Stopped. I, I just, my attention just got drawn to this today. It came up with me suggested feed in Instagram, and someone was like, nah, this is not it, Devin. And then I looked at the video, I was like, this fool actually hired a cameraman to come into his house to take a fucking video of him throwing fucking hundred dollar bills up in the air. Whose idea was that? Like, was that old Bill Haney or was it Devin Haney? Perhaps Ben Davidson. Who knows how they're input into this fucking video? But he actually hired, let that sink in. This is the fellow who they were comparing to Floyd Mayweather. They're calling him one of the next great lightweights of all time. The lightweight lineage has like guys like Benny Lynch, Roberto Duran, Floyd, Floyd himself, and now you've got um. Devin Haney, who's never won a fucking title against a champion, sorry to quote one of our mates there, um, had his email, t- his championship email to him, and he's hired a cameraman to come in and take fucking photos of him, throwing his money up, his, his own money up in the fucking air, and he keeps on posting on Instagram like, I've got a million in watches alone. What are you going to do with that if shit hits the fan, dude? I don't really think they're holding their fucking value, or their resale value. This guy, man, like, fuck me. Like, look who he's beat. Fucking 45-year-old Gamboa and fucking over-the-hill Jorge Linares and he's out. God, God help us if he ever fucking beats a fighter. What's he going to do? If he, if he threw, Christ. If he threw hooks like he threw those hundreds, he might not be boring as fuck. Messi saw all the young fighters. None of you are Floyd Mayweather, lads. Right? That's just fucking it. You're not Mayweather. You're not McGregor. You're not a big draw. Nobody's hating on you. Nobody wants, nobody's praying for your fucking downfall or your enemies or snakes in the grass or whoever these fucking characters you're talking about on Instagram. Just get in the fucking ring and do it in your box of sorts, throwing fucking money around the place, doing money phones and all. Money phones. At least Fuck Floyd off, was man. almost 40 and old, whatever it was, in that, before he did the Ted DiBiase bullshit. And... Exactly. He was oh, playing the shit. game. These exactly. fellas believe it. If it'd be Oscar, the... I think. He, he, Mayweather was playing the game and these fellas believe it. That's the fucking difference, like, unbelievable. Fuck me, man. And the cameraman must have been thinking to himself, oh, yeah, man, we could definitely make that work. What, you want me to just come to your house and film you where you take off your shirt and throw fucking... Yeah, no, that sounds like a cool idea. I could definitely do that for $5,000. What the fuck, man? Devin Haney, what a prick, man. Eddie, get, have a word with your man, Eddie, will you? For fuck's sake, like, settle him down. Get him fucking... Get him in the ring and fight a legitimate body before he starts throwing fucking hundreds around the place. That should be a, a pre-established criteria. Steve, we need to play that role of the metal clip for the last week again, that's just to kind of give us a wee inclination oh. as to what he thinks of Mr. Devin Haney. Well, uh, I can oblige you right now. A good a shout out to Ames, by the way, Lenares nearly had him falling down like that's at the end of the vid. Yes, we are fans of Rolly Romero after this type of content. Bitch ass, Haney's number one. 
fake ass, Mexico ass, fucking email ass champion. Daddy bought his fucking career. Daddy bought him a fucking win in Mexico that they raised the other motherfuckers hand. So y'all can all go fuck yourself. Devin Haney is the biggest bitch, not just at 135, in boxing. So don't give me that shit. Devin Haney is the biggest bitch in boxing. If I'm so easy, fight me and fucking whoop my fucking ass. But no, because he knows he's a chinny, frail ass little bitch. I would love to hear him go off <laughs> one by the way. That, 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 that tone just see or that like just gets higher and higher and I'm higher. loving I'm loving that man. <laughs> fight fight me. Fight me and what my fucking ass, bitch. Where's your balls, Devin? Where's your balls, Devin? Where's your balls, Rolly? In a world, though, boys, of everyone saying, oh, speak to Al Heyman, speak to my manager, I love it when someone like Rolly, Rolly who I'm not his biggest fan, as we mentioned before, comes out, no no beating behind the bush, he's put himself out there, fair play to him, I, I can become a fan of Romero if that's the standard, so there you go. Anyway, let's move on to the value of the week, shall we, uh, boys? Uh, first of all, uh, the PBC. Uh, I don't want to dig the PBC out here as I am a fan, but um, I think they need to invest in a spell checker because uh, they've been dropping some offences here. Jimmy Lennon Jr. at the Clashy Jr. instead of at the Classy Jr. for their Twitter feed came to my attention and I would have let them off with that if it wasn't for this quote on the David Morrell card from Mike Tyson. When I come out, I have supreme confidence, but I'm scared to death. All that money floating about, Andy, and Fox PBC can't invest in a decent spell checker. Shame on them. Uh, maybe they've, uh, they've hired what's his name Isaac Lowe <laughs> <laughs> they've definitely uh, they've definitely got poor linguistic skills anyway <laughs> <laughs> Brian Custer saying we're right ready for the main event R-E-S-T-E-C-P I just need something in the chat there Roly Pesci okay 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 Barf Barf Oh, the boys. Uh, Dan Mills uh, nominated. He said, okay, so Ben Davidson just said Amir Khan is one of Britain's best ever fighters. Steve Wellings, that's a belly of the week, surely. But actually, there's a bit of pushback against Dan Mills here, boys. You know what you think? Including from Men's Luxury Fitness. He said Olympic silver at 17. Check out his record during his peak years, which includes a drug and card cheating loss to Lamont Peterson. You can make a strong argument that he's in the discussion. What do you think, Andy? So are we being a bit harsh nominating Davidson for saying that Amir Khan is one of Britain's best ever fighters? I'd say we might be, actually. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, look, he unified the belts mm-hmm. uh, on the road, defended them on the road. Um, you could say his, his, his ledger's definitely up there, one of the best that, uh, in Britain, at least. But I think skill know, set too. Skill set too early doors. I mean, he's always been vulnerable. Aye, speed, but he had supreme talent. Like his, his defensive skills and his inside fighting was pr- practically non-existent. Actually, you know, he, he relied purely on his you know, his speed, athleticism. Good job, good boxing uh, skills and that. I just think if some of those L's were turned into wins and that, I think you could maybe put them in and, uh, a, a talk at least of being one of, one of, one of Britain's best. But um, I don't know where you would rate him. Top 20? That's why exactly what I was thinking, oddly. He's in, he's in the mix. He deserves a, he deserves an honourable mention yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. his, his record's up there. I mean, fighting like of Canelo, Lamont Peterson, uh, Danny Garcia, you know, these guys were all coming up at the time. The situation with Tim Bradley was just unfortunate. That was just boxing business that stopped that fight. 
Um, he fought, you know, fight up Devon Alexander as well. Uh, sure I would say, I would say it was a big detractor of Khan over the years, but his performance against Devon Alexander punched perfect because Alexander was, uh, was no mug. Katelnik was practically that was probably one of his peak performances actually against Katelnik. Everything was absolutely spot on, uh, and obviously the Maidana fight just basically showed that he could, he could, he could take a shot. Um, maybe no Hagler-esque type chin, but I think, in, you know, it was just that moment where he kind of showed, like, yeah, I can take the shot. Uh, but again, it's not really the type of things he actually wanted to be kind of doing, because it, obviously over the years that he was getting dropped as well, as the skills eroded and that, you know, to see him get dropped like he did against Crawford, for example, you know, I don't think that would really have happened a few years previously when he was at his kind of peak. Under he had bollocks Rose. though, Andy. We he spoke did. about this before. Everyone said he wouldn't fight Madonna, so he went straight for him. We were doing the punches from the past, as I've mentioned before, and I found out an old news clipping from about 10 years ago, and they were saying about Edwin Valero, and he was calling Valero out, saying he mm. wanted the fight. There's no question he's <laughs> balls in and out of the ring. He, he was up for anything. Yeah, I was chasing Parker, he chased Mayweather. It was getting a bit tedious in the end, though, because it was like every other day he was, he was talking about these two guys. The Mayweather uh, was. Styles yeah. make fights, Styles make fights, Styles <laughs> make fights. I've mentioned then, Styles make fights. Yeah, and then he came out with the shit, for example, he, sp- he sparred Andre Ward, and Ward came out and denied it or that type of thing. Just moments like that, again, like, you know, dude, be quiet. Good friend of mine, Andre. I don't like talking yeah. about him much. Good <laughs> I, the fact, I think what ruins Khan's chances of being mentioned is his own promotion of himself set the bar to a place that he couldn't achieve. So that's the bar that the public majors him by. Good shout there. Khan yeah. was exciting though, wasn't he? I used to look forward to his fights on ITV, you know, against the likes of Willie Limond and all yeah. them. But he was in good fights, Michael wasn't Gomez. he? He was, he was must see Michael Gomez. He was must see TV. Absolutely. Yeah, he fought Fagan as well, did he? Yeah, Oshin yeah. Fagan. That was in the, the comeback fight from Prescott, wasn't it? I was at that one. Broke Oshin's leg. It was a terrible, it was a terrible result, but it was a great weekend, man. Fucking <laughs> hell. Rogie beat Ollie Harrison that night as well. It was a good, uh, good Irish drink back in the bar. That was the night Pascal and, and Frotch fought as well. That was a cracking fight. So good weekend of boxing. Not the result we hope for. Shout out to Oshin, but. Um, I'd agree with that. Amir was always exciting television. And I think British boxing is missing a bit of that at the moment. You're missing yeah. the guy who you kind of, you don't genuinely don't know which way it's going to go. He's either going to have a fucking sparkling performance or he's going to get sparkled. Like. 100%. Rob, it's easy to shit on people like Khan, isn't it? But he always brought the excitement and everyone wanted to watch him and you never knew what was going to happen next. Absolutely 100% agree, man. I think it's too what? easy to shit on Khan. At his best, Amir Khan is brilliant. And, and I might be being a bit controversial here, but Floyd, I don't know if really wanted that fucking on the back end of his career. Like It was more of a problem than he anticipated. No doubt Floyd would have beaten Amir Khan similarly was... to the way he did Zab Judah walking down towards the end. But Floyd. He, he, he could have fought him a couple of times, Floyd. He took the Maidana rematch and a Berto fight as well instead of fighting Amir Khan. I'm sure Floyd told him to go and uh, beat Errol Spence then. He did. Fighting, fighting he Khan. did. He did. He knew so what he was at Spen- there too. Uh, the I think Spencer gave him, gave Floyd a bit of run around and sparring or gave him a black eye or something maybe a month or so previously. Yeah. But what I was going to say is two, two things that uh, 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 kind of all stuck in my mind was round 10 against Maidana. I, I remember the uh, four in the morning type job and he, he takes that shot like, oh shit, he just kind of wake up and they hung on and even tried to kind of like, they you know, went out the round and then obviously the Canelo fight came out of the blue. I mean, nobody seen that fight come in. It just seemed to get announced Here's the date it's happening sometime September, I think it was. And people forget as well, to, on my card at least, he was winning that fight, pissing it out of the park. It's Canelo, and then they go, and then they go absolutely eviscerated, absolutely go emptied out, great right hand, and that was a game over. But people forget, 
okay, maybe not officially, but in a lot of these, a lot of people's scorecards, Can was winning that fight, pissing it out of the park. And a lot of our scorecards, he was ahead, but make no mistake, on the night, he was probably 5-1 down. Um, <laughs> we we all but, knew what was but, coming, though. It, it didn't matter if Canelo had but, landed a punch until that point. Some shot we all it. knew what was but, coming. I phoned Donnie straight away. Look at the credit that Billy Joe Saunders got for nicking a couple of rounds off Canelo in a tight in tight rounds. By the way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look at, at sixty eight and look at look at Can coming up for forty seven, skipping two weight classes to basically outbox Canelo for six rounds. So he's definitely one of the guys you'll miss when it, when he ultimately hangs him up, which I think should have been fucking two years ago. I see footage of him back training now. I hope he does retire, but um, he's definitely been brilliant value over the years. Amir Can. See the thing with Can, Can could keep fighting if he wanted to, but at a lower level. You know, against guys who could probably dominate, I think at the elite le- world level, even so to speak, in that he's going to struggle. You know, he's... Connor Ben's the only fight I want to see if if Khan fucking does because it might be a bit of a change in the guard. Like if Khan is going to have one more big domestic dust up, it's not going to be broke that ship to sail. Why not well, against Khan? I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I could see Eddie putting that on paper or want to put that on paper view. On the zone, game change. My Ajama be all over that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sam UK says a belly week is Dan Mills. It might actually be, but thanks for throwing it in anyway, Dan. You've uh, raised an interesting talking point there for us. So, Frank Warren, they're desperately trying to uh, graft some kind of personality onto poor old Joe Joyce. Never forget, uh, hashtag Joe Joyce facts. Joe Joyce once left a game of Jenga and finished. You may know the remains of Stonehenge. I don't know who's responsible for this type of content, but uh, they're fairly... (laughs) That's fucking terrible. (laughs) Worse than this, Rob. <laughs> that is horrendous. What is that? If you really want to market George Joyce, just get him fucking old George Joyce to start doing his promo videos. <laughs> That's what you, you know, want. I thought that was an extra He Man, actually. I was actually Googling <laughs> the characters last night. It's like one of them things that you tighten your studs on your football boots with, man. <laughs> just looks like a giant cock to me. I don't know what anyone else is seeing. <laughs> it looks like the coolest <laughs> lamp you could ever buy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my word. I don't know what the boys were thinking. But anyway, there you go. Uh, William McNamara has nominated Dan Raphael. Not only is Ben Davidson an excellent trainer, but he's also an excellent commentator as the analyst for hashtag Joyce Takam. Uh, many nominations for Davidson. Is there anything he's not an excellent at? Shampoo, maybe. Dan's taking that Davidson dick down the way he usually takes down snack cakes. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I said, I hope Ben Davidson didn't accept his name last night because it was overwhelming majority. It was actually on the other side of what Dan Raphael was reporting here. Fat Dan. Dan Raphael, a journalist, definitely not being coerced by a fucking outside body anyway. I'll tell you <laughs> that Right. Get a bunch of lads in. <laughs> if anything, he's being coerced by an inside body that he has consumed at a prior time. <laughs> like Alien. <laughs> <laughs> His dinner's just going to burst out through that brown fleece in there. <laughs> Coogan in the middle of asking a question. <laughs> oh, dear. This was a good one, Andy. Vicky Gravel nominating this. Oscar finding out some old Eddie Hearn footage oh, 20 years ago. Oh, Eddie oh, Hearn. Oh. Canelo will always be known as a cheater. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's other clips getting getting mentioned as well, like we we, we Coogan and that absolutely brilliant. But you know, this is this Eddie could deep throat with the best of them. So if Canelo says Eddie, you want me to sign with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. For Bede, Bede, you get on your knees and you sing my Bobby. You bet, you bet your life. Eddie's straight on the phone going, "No, nah, mate, no, nah, mate." I never said you were a cheater. I said I love fajitas. It wasn't cheater. <laughs> it's only a bubble, mate. It's only a bubble. <laughs> oh, you love him. What a character. Good old Eddie. You fucking mag. <laughs> this is him when Canelo leaves. 
<laughs> Isn't it looks like he's going is... to BBC, doesn't it? Doesn't look like yeah. he's going to BBC for the next fight. Even then, Canelo next week. Is it Canelo going to BBC for a payday? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Eddie has no shame indeed. Uh, Sonny Edwards has been nominated by David Farmer. Going back and forwards with uh, Curtis Woodhouse. Uh, Woodhouse says, if I'm shit at boxing, then we could always have a boxing match. Eight rounds, eight ounce gloves. I'll come to you. 20k each. Winner takes all. Let's see how shit I am, kid. Sonny Edwards. 20k. I don't get out of bed for that no more, mate. But you are shit. And you'd have 12 rounds. You wouldn't get close to me. <laughs> Sonny Edwards. Uh, Sonny Edwards, uh, Rob, who's mandatory at all BT Sports Ringside's appearances now. I like him, man. I like it. I like Edwards. I like they're both Edwards. What everyone does their hair like fucking... <laughs> Moss up from the Riddlers or whatever the fuck. I like him. I like him, man. He's active on Twitter. He's letting people have it and that. Like, and it, fair to some, if that's the one that put on the good performance in his last fight, fair play to him. Let him talk his shit. Like, that was a good one at Curtis Woodhouse. So, you got to take it if you're giving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. In this game. Uh, Devin Haney, we've already uh, heard from him. I'm the most avoided fighter in boxing today, oh, says Devin. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like Chin. He's Only just by a... the viewers, Devin. Only by the viewers. <laughs> by the main figures. Good. <laughs> Uh, good old Devon. Uh, Paul Dugan is nominated uh, Boxing on BT Sport. Respect after the battle between Joe Joyce and Carlos Takam. There's Joe in his uh, fancy little outfit. Here we are, Andy. Uh, the Mikhail Aloyan Machanja Johanna fight is for the Ren TV Fight Club Super Flyweight title. As if that wasn't good enough. Ooh. Johanna is the current UBO World Light Flyweight champ as well. Oh, man. <laughs> It was all happening. You, you, see, you see the belt there getting put on there by Vlad Huronov? Oh, it was uh, trying to be alive there last night. Like, Is the UBO just a guy who looks like comic book guy off The Simpsons who decides <laughs> who his champions are? What's the UBO like? How big an sure, organisation is the when UBO? When you get Prince Patel, I need to check Prince Patel's account to make sure he's not got one of these belts. I'm sure he might have one. Sit, UBO, sit. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the boys. Uh, Motor City Cobra, and this is a good good quip from Chris Williamson, actually. He said, Queen's BNBT have announced a deal to broadcast six additional shows for fights and fighters, a level or two below. Those showcased through the existing deal output deal, which is a fucking scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a television set near you, two uh, junkies fighting for a sandwich. Can you, can you imagine fighting fight for a like a next generation show by holy Christ, can you imagine the fucking slurry <laughs> delving to get the fucking talent for that man? Holy fuck. Oh, good old Frank. Uh, Sonny Edwards again, uh, come through me then, he says to Curtis Woodhouse, I ain't that little dickhead you bullied because you called you names on the internet. We've already given uh, Sonny a little pat on the back. Uh, lesser spotted Smiddo and lesser heard on the Ooh. asylum for a few months. Been nominated by Billy Fish. Uh, this is the only chance we get to see him now. He turned up on the with the Betfred sign saying Mickey Theo versus John Fury. Turn up there, Smitho, the main man himself, nominated uh, by Billy the Fish. Uh, Joe Joyce. That's nominated. what happens when you remove the fucking girls from the fucking dance. You get the middle holding up the fucking yeah, exactly. stage. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Get rid of the ring card girls. That's what you end up with. Uh, yep, Joe Joyce uh, has painted a picture of Daniel Dubois as nominated by the Motor City Cobra. He's in the chat tonight. Good evening to you, Motor City Cobra. Uh, shimmy was, underscore. Hold on, go back, Steve. What? <laughs> Joe Joyce, who graduated university with a degree in fine arts, has produced this painting of his win over Daniel Dubois. Only what top heavyweight you can threaten that if he beats you. He'll paint you too, Rob. 
I like, I like, I'm going to start painting, painting the goals that score an Astro every week. That's what, that's my new fucking endeavor. What the fuck, man? Brilliant <laughs> You're stuff, not going to make Joe Joyce interesting, man. Stop fucking putting these pictures up. He's just not interested. Just get over it. Fuck it's hell. still more realistic than the Holyfield statue or the Adrian <laughs> Broner bust. Yeah, thank fuck it's not a statue or a coin. <laughs> putting his opponents on the canvas in every respect, Rob. I love that, Steve. Brilliant. Oh, That's brilliant. I'm, I'm glad. I'm fucking raging. I didn't think of that one myself. Give me a few minutes and I'll think of it. You can come up with that next week. <laughs> uh, Tony Bellew has uh, made his way into the Bellew of the Week for the first time in a while. Good to see you, Tone. Uh, Shimmy underscore 10 was one of many people who showed me this. Uh, Tony over on Instagram, I think it was. Uh, track and trace pedophiles. Not healthy people, says Tony. So uh, he's raging at the moment here. Yeah, but pedophiles might be healthy people as well, you know. <laughs> You know why you're here today, mate? Don't you? You were here to meet a 15-year-old girl, mate. You're a sicko, mate. We've got the chat logs, mate. They're on the way to the zone right now. Is your name Lee Griffiths, mate? There'll be beheadings on Everton pitch at halftime. You try to be innocent until proven guilty, mate. See, I don't. I don't think this is good for the cause because it, it doesn't send the right message. You don't have to really worry about the unhealthy pedophiles because kids are pretty young and quick; they can get away. <laughs> the healthy pedophiles, well, they'll really chase them and track them down. <laughs> you should uh, be worried about healthy pedophiles. Uh, I, someone, that's my advice. Someone sent him the news about Gilfy Sigerson. He was deleting that straight away. He was. He's like, oh dear. Between Dude. this and Porky, we're going to have to get uh, Donny on the line, I think, after this, Andy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm keeping kind of quiet this week, you know. Aim said, said Tony, Chris, Hansen, Bellew, come in here and take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the one with the hair lip was great. I'm Chris Hansen with NBC. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sky Sports Boxing got a nomination from the boys in the uh, Patreon WhatsApp this week. Uh, the Scouse Lomachenko uh, uh, reported Sky Sports Boxing on the 20th of July. Peter McGrail watches a lot of Vasil Lomachenko and hopes to follow a similar path at the Olympics. Hashtag Team GB. Uh, four days later, a great oh. effort from Peter McGrail. However, he bows out to Thailand's Chachai Dechabutti 5 0 in his opening match. So uh, that's how we're catching up on the old Scouse Lomachenko. Sky Sports wouldn't be uh, giving someone a pat on the back too early, would they? Yes, indeed they would. Uh, ben Thorns has nominated Eddie Hearn for calling Joshua a throwback fighter. Very proud of Anthony Joshua. Best resume in heavyweight boxing. He never turns down a challenge. Always working, always improving. September 25th, it goes down at Spurs. Ben says, stay to this thing. A throwback fighter. Throwback to win. 2017. And the comments, a little puke emoji. So he's not happy at all with that one. And uh, finally from me, this is a bit of a strange one, Andy, it's fair to be said. Ricky Gravel has nominated the WBC for their hashtag fantasy match. Uh, Josh Taylor against Marco Antonio Barrera. Imagine, <laughs> <laughs> imagine this great fight between the UK and Mexico. Who would have won in his prime? Well, Taylor's just about in his prime. And I'm sure Barrera, wasn't he like super banterweight or featherweight at his prime? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why? Why the fuck does Josh Taylor look like Cali Sutherland, by the way? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's lost his hair there or, or losing it, that's what we say. He looks very alert. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> looks, he still looks crab at his fuck day in that picture, eh? Straight faced. Yeah, that's definitely up there, like, because obviously Brenner being was it? He fought, he fought Can at 140, though. I get that as at 135. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it's such a strange addition, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's just a kind of random one. It's like kind of like picking, like say, you know, who who the one out between fuck I don't know, Rob, uh, Roman Gonzalez against Tyson Fury, for example. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a length of going to here for fucking content. Yeah, it was the WBC. Who were the ones, Sugar Ray Robinson or Sonny Edwards? Make up your mind. <laughs> Come on, Sugar, you wanker! Oh, I'll take, I'll take you now. Twenty grand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jim McDonald, yeah, I thought Stevie was going to say it's been sanctioned for a sec. That's how bad things are these days. Uh, Sam says, AJ's got a great resume. Uh, how are you guys hating on everything? This is a Belly of the Week section. We hate oh, on everything in Belly of the Week. So there's your answer. Sam, Plus you somebody clearly, clearly a new listener. Yeah, clearly yeah. Disney listener. <laughs> clearly a Matchroom supporter. Casual slotting in here. Oh, fuck me, man. Jesus Christ, go back and listen to the back catalog. Do we not just give AJ a load of credit there? What are you wanting of us? For fuck's exactly, sake. Exactly, man. Get fucking hell. Fucking stay humble, man. Get off the fucking... Message coming in for you, Sam. Oh, y'all can suck my motherfucking dick. <laughs> 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 it's only banter. Big nip style. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, listen. He'll be in the YouTube chat later on. That put and then all the all the comments. You know what it's like. Uh, we might have won a new listener. A shout out to all the new listeners, by the way. Sometimes you, you forget if uh, maybe people haven't been here from the beginning. If you're more than welcome, everybody, unless you're a wanker, and in that case, you're not. Uh, okay, then. So speaking I of have... wankers, yes, did Jason, yes. did Jason Chahal make it on tonight? Uh, no, I haven't heard from him. Nice guy. He's supposed to come on. <laughs> Fucking sending me messages at five o'clock in the fucking morning. Can I come on the pod and no no shows? Who does he think he is? That fella that fucking Tony Bellio was going to have a fight with. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Rob Beach. Fuck oh, sake I... to hell. For fuck's sake, man. Right, you never know what to say. Did he, he even materialise again, Rob Beach? Rob Beach? No, he, he fucking some. Was it Joe Thackeray? One of the boys was trying to say. I said, look, he's like, I'll get back onto him. I was like, man, forget about it. That ship has sailed. Let's move on. Sorry. No, it was, it's no hot anymore. Exactly. Unless Bellew fucking wants it, then we can fucking make it happen. But other than that, I, I don't expect we'll hear much from Bellew over the next few months anyway. Right, so that's all the ones for, I've got. Uh, Andy, any Sam, nominations? For, oh, Sam, for Sam UK, um, if, if you know that we've been, uh, quote-unquote, sucking off each other the whole show, that means you've been listening the entire time. So uh, thank you for joining us for this two-hour-plus. Uh, we appreciate you. You guys yeah, suck it off each other for the whole show. What the fuck? What show is he listening to? Yeah, I, I, fucking I fucking chance. hate you guys. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> you suck it off the whole show. You sucking each other off the whole show. When you told us, you fucking prick, get off the fucking chat. <laughs> no, he said he says good show. He says good show. Uh, any nominations from you, Andy? I've gone through all mine now. Um, yeah, well, one for Triller, uh, Lance Pugmire can, <coughs> uh, tweeted out during the week there saying the IBF received uh, uh, Lopez Gambosa's contracts by de- today's deadline. And uh, while October 17th and Sydney remains date and venue from Triller, IBF president Darrell Peoples will give uh, sides time now to make a deal for about to be staged in a reasonable time. Lopez has no interest in going to Gambosa's homeland. Probably because you're going to quarantine for two weeks or whatever. Not. IBF or because of the a... fucking internet. We all know what's yeah. in Australia. Fuck you. IBF received an official response today that it was due from Triller following the long Lopez letter to the IBF. Contract terms were already set out by the first bid. Now IBF are letting the sides negotiate in good faith for date and site. Australia crowd restrictions dampen the bid. Yeah, this fight's not going to happen. If it's not going to happen, then it's going to have to happen elsewhere. And Triller's probably... I don't know if they'll get a financial penalty or need pay the guys or whatever and that but 
yeah, 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 yeah. It, it looks like it looks like uh, the old thriller ventures starting to kind of unravel at the seams a wee bit. I think. Are you are you trying to suggest, Andy, that Thriller agreed to pay Tiafimo Lopez six million dollars <laughs> before realizing he's not worth six million dollars? Well, I guess Bob Arm's going to be reaching because he was due twenty percent of that. He seems like I still get paid, motherfucker. Maybe they thought they didn't put their bid in in U.S. dollars. Oh, mate. Oh, Zimbabwe money. I, I think Snippy might have been fucking smoking too much of that herb. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's putting the wrong, he's putting one too many zeros on the, on the end of that puff bed, I think. Yeah, Snoop got away with that fucking murder charge 25 years ago, but if he gives this shit up, mate, he, he ain't gonna get away with this one. He's, really, he's really getting away with murder if he's getting fucking $6 million to see a few more Lopez. Nah, he's near no, no Frankie Carbo, though. <laughs> that fight will never happen. I think T.O. probably dropped the belt. It was definitely never ha- going to happen on Triller anyway, if it does. That's why Aaron took a step back, wasn't he? He's not one bit stupid. As I said as well, when Aaron said that as, uh, as well, after Lopez, uh, sorry, after Loma beat uh, Nakatani, and that's his, because he looked good, that just enhances that rematch. If, Lope, if Lomachenko looked shit, they're like, well, I can't really sell it. He's on the slide, he's looking washed. But it looked good. You've got the triangle three now as well as that he he was a, he, he stopped Nakatani Lopez couldn't he, he look awful trying to kind of knock him out and that so that, that rematch just makes it a wee bit extra poppy for the both of them so uh, nobody nobody six million what he's going to get for fighting Cambosis but uh, you know he'll gradually get there but the thing is he's losing a big payday as well because he's been mm-hmm. through all that shit Lopez mouthing off about oh I'm leaving top rank and their respect and it just shows you what happens when you go to the other side of the street it's not always green. Well said. Uh, any other nominations, Andy, from you? No, I had Devin Henney on the list there, mate, as well. Um, I'll try to think off the top of my head. I don't know if Eddie said anything this week. Uh, well, I was no one for Eddie. What's he been doing? He said something this week. So Canelo will always be known as a cheater. <laughs> oh, I accept Canelo. Canelo being a cheater, that's the one I saw. That's all the ones I've got this week, mate. Lovely stuff. Matty, any nominations from you, please? Oh, I've got nothing, uh, nothing this week, Steve. Okay, and anything from you aside from De- Devin Haney, Bob? Oh yeah, you missed it. you missed the fucking the beauty of the uh, the BKFB, the bare knuckle fighting boxing championship. Man, last night pay per view event, the beautiful Paige Van Zant against someone. Um, she got fucked up, man. I should have sent you the picture for that. She got she got beaten. Her face is perfect. Van Zanted. Yeah, she got beaten, but her face is still perfect, right? She's smiling on her Instagram, but her hands. I like two shovels all swelled up and she's sticking her two fingers up. She looks like Leprechaun in the Hood or something. Um, <laughs> so Paige Van Zandt for that. And then on that card as well, the rapper Blueface, big Rangers fan, um, Blueface, <laughs> who's who's known, I'll, I'll school the boys to this now because they're not down with the streets like I, like rapping Rob Kelly, but he's known for a song called Tatiana. A thought, of course, being an acronym for that hoe over there. Uh, Tatiana, bust down Tatiana. Go the lyrics of the song. I want to see you bust down. But he had a, a bare knuckle fight last night and he won the fight. And then he started fighting with the guy's trainer in the ring after the fight <laughs> as well. So a lot of fucking uh, bare knuckle punches being thrown after the bell. Nice. For, he, he just done a, a, an Andre Durrell job. Like uh, the coach walked up to him, squared up to him, and he let he start letting the fucking hammers fly. So watch out for Blueface. Uh, I'm uh, glad that Riddick Bill's corner still getting work. Blue face will leave you with a blue face, and I don't know what's more bizarre: blue face throwing punches after the bell, or Rigondo's trainer being in Paige Van Zandt's corner last night. Yeah, that famous Cuban amateur coach who defected as well. I can't fucking remember his name, but he's Rigondo's coach. Yeah, he's Paige Van Zandt's. But Paige, it's all good, baby. I hope you're okay. 
and the other one as well who beat you up. Hope you're hope you're okay as well. But uh, yeah, it's all going down in the world of BKB. Up, Joyce. Right, so let's go through some of the better offerings that we've been sending this week before the boys pick what they want to go for. Uh, a lot of Joe Joyce love going on, especially especially the costume. I said it's probably a front runner for me. A bit of Eddie as well. Canelo will always be known as a cheater. Um, Smido sliding in as well. Tony, we're talking about the pedos. Uh, Sky Sports going on about Peter McGrail and Josh Taylor. <laughs> Trying to put up that strange... The WBC putting up that strange fight between Josh Taylor and Marco Antonio Barrera. So uh, strong pickings this week, Andy. Who are you going for? I am going to go for, by the way, in case you're wondering. It's got to be the Joe Joyce suit for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that as well, because I, mean, I had a real what-the-fuck-is-this moment. And as I started you know, uh, doing the ring water, I started Googling He-Man characters, and then John Rowell explained to, you know, ben, uh, to, to Benglish um, as, to, as to who this person was. And even Benglish didn't know who, who you know who the character was. Who's it, Juggernaut for where? Who's he for again? Marvel or something? Juggernaut. That doesn't look... <laughs> who was that? What was it? Who was that? Juggernaut for who? Juggernaut is designed by the first Holy Communion classical warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, that's uh, that's X, X-Men. That's who it was. Take games just said they're X-Men. But fucking hell. See, I thought it was an extra He-Man, as I say. That tells you how fucking tuned up I am with the cartoons or whatever it is these days. Well, looking at that, it would have been a great costume for Mickey Ward. He kind of looks like a fucking Lego villain. Or Dickie Eklund. (laughs) 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 Oh, good stuff. A little creeper from there, Bob. Right, so two for Joe Joyce's costume. Who you go for, Matty? I've got to go for Devin Haney and his music video, not only just because of how fucking goofy it was, but just the, I like the hilarious fact that, uh, no, no, not that his music video is flinging the money oh, around. I, I, know, yeah. I, know, I know, but that's the only Haney uh, image I had. Yeah. So I, I got, I got to go with that because like, not only like just the fact it looks like a douche when he's doing it, but the fact that like inflation is so bad over here, he was not nearly as rich as when the video started filming is when it finished. <laughs> you just no wonder he's the most avoided fighter. People think they get a paper cut if they go to his house. <laughs> see that one? See that one? <laughs> <laughs> see, see if Joyce was fatter by the could maybe fucking maybe, uh, be that big fat angry bird do that. Big bulldog feels fatter. With <laughs> <laughs> veins popping out his forehead. <laughs> That's not the only head that pops out either. <laughs> right, Rob, who are you going for? Oh man, it's hard for fucking. It's hard to vote against against a fella dressed as a big cock coming to the ring. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know what else, anyone else is seeing here, but I'm surely Ben Davidson even fucking saw this. Like, Joe Joyce, like in an attempt to be exciting, has somehow played himself fucking absolutely fucking terribly. Um, but it's hard to look past Eddie Hearn saying Canelo will always be known as a cheater, always, even when I'm fucking. Trying to promote him on the zone in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, You cheating bastard, you fucking cheating bastard. So, Eddie, I'm sure, was on the phone talking for heaters for that one, so that's hard to be for me. But, uh, yeah, I think I'll go unanimous to go for Joe Joyce's costume. Imagine he lost this, by the way, Alan Wilder. Well, look, I just went with a big helmet on. The helmet was too big, man. It was just helmet of the week, helmet of the month. (laughs) (laughs) My legs were weak, my palms were sweaty, mom's spaghetti. 
Uh, Joe Joyce it is then. Congratulations, Joe. You are the uh, Belly of the Week winner for episode 433. And congratulations on your win over Carlos Takam. Let's finish up then, shall we? It's 20 past 10. Thank you to everybody who's been on. We've had a good laugh as usual. Andy's been with us. Matty, Rob, me, Steve. Thanks for Big P for coming on earlier. He paid last week and Big P provided. Uh, take aims as well. Uh, followed Big P. <laughs> it's quite the introduction of poor old Ames, but he did he did his best and he stayed with us in the chat as well. So top man that he is going. Oh, if he didn't interrupt him when he was doing his out of boot. He didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to say is it's a hundred quid super chat to get Tommy on the corner. Yeah, hundred quid super chat. So if you can get Ooh. it in the next two minutes before we uh, go off, you know, <laughs> fine. Thank you. <laughs> And shout out to our latest subscribers over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. Burnett, Boran, BKK, Sakon, and Morris Roberts have all joined us during the week. And thanks to everybody who dropped the super chats in for Big P. I'm going to give you all a shout out for last week as well because it was down to you that he came on. Justin Robinson, who dropped two in. Michael Thompson, Jimmy Tappy, M. Lithgow, 1983, Richard Wetton, Johnny Horsecock Nelson, Motor City Cobra, Jim McDonald Boxing, and Craig Shuttleton. They made up the money for Big P to appear. So thank you to everybody. Uh, we'll be back again for episode 434, same time, same place next week. I've been Steve Wellings, and bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.